Welcome everybody to Mog Talk. If you guys are unfamiliar with Mog Talk, it's a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage Trading to Chuckabo Racing. Today is February 4th, 2023. Uh, this is episode 270. Uh, and today we are definitely going to be talking about the World Race. Uh, bringing on board, of course, the team that won the Mog Talk event for the World Race. Uh, the Corsair uh, worked with us on the prize pack. Uh, we brought, we're bringing on Kindred. Uh, and we brought on 10 members from Kindred. Uh, I see all the wonderful fish in chat, so we know we, we got the right people here. Uh, but before we get too much into it, uh, actually, you know what, I, I lied to you guys, I told you we we're going to start with one thing, we're going to start with another thing. Uh, I'd like you all to kind of say who you are and what your role is in your group. Uh, and I'm just going to let you guys kind of go one by one, alphabetically, <laughs> starting with Bagel. Bagel, uh, one of the tanks for Kindred, usually main tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works okay. Yeah, main tank. Okay. Uh, I'm Calypso. I'm one of the melee DPS. I usually preference the uh, the maiming roles, so it's Dragoon and Reaper for me. Cool. Uh, I'm Darth, um, ninth man, spreadsheet man, you know, professional stream watcher. <laughs> I appreciate the stream watchers. We got a lot of them in chat too. <laughs> I'm I'm Mo. Uh, I'm also a ninth man. I do a lot of callouts and I do a lot of strat stealing. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do a quick shout out before we keep going on who you stole strats from? Uh, shout out Otter Nuts. They're the best. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Izu. Hello, I'm Izu. I'm the other uh, melee from Kindred. I usually play a ninja, unless I'm like pushed on samurai. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm Kareth. I'm one of the healers for Kindred. I've uh, been playing shield healer mostly. This is Prague. I played Sage. I might be asking you some questions soon. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Kabachi. Kabachi, I usually play a region healer. Alright, Nari? Uh, I'm Nari, I am the other tank, uh, and yeah, I'll play whatever whatever we need, so I did a bit, <laughs> a bit of flexing this race already, so I assume we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perry? Hello, I am Perry, I am the caster for Kindred. Um, I play whatever caster the group needs, but I usually find a way to chad my static into making me play Black Mage. <laughs> Good job, by the way. Thank you. And then... Uh... Sura? Mm -hmm. uh, hi, I'm Serana Crescent. I usually just go by Sura. Uh, I play all the physical ranged. I'm usually shoved on a dancer, but that's okay. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of chat knows that sometimes I do call outs too. Okay, okay, okay. All Quick right. Shout out to uh, mm -hmm. our member who's not here as well. We had another ninth man, Kumi, who is unfortunately not able to make it, but they were helping out behind the scenes as well. Okay. And was that the only other one? Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all right. We got all the people who were, you know, that care enough about the Final Fantasy XIV community to be here. So, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I understand what it's like to have a real job. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's going to start up a whole other <laughs> thing. So, a job outside of this that forces you away from your passions and duties. Um, 
All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, you know, I do want to go ahead and ask you all how you're feeling after uh, a couple of days, you know, not having the prog Omega. Chair. Honestly, kind of empty inside. <laughs> been a little bit bored since Prague ended. Yeah, I, I kind of missed doing the fight already. I, I somehow got bored enough to join Ultima PFs this morning. <laughs> that That's how I'm doing mentally. Oh, wow. I was just exhausted. I slept like 24 hours total in the last two days. <laughs> I've been hanging out with a bunch of friends, and I told them that I realized I forgot what I used to talk about before Omega Prague. <laughs> been too long. I've been filling the void by uh, ninth manning for one of my friends' groups. I'm gonna try to teach them our strats for P5. Wow. Yeah, I have my own speed skill static, and uh, we're starting top prog. We started yesterday, so I'm doing prog again. Mm. I was uh, happy to start getting into cleaning my apartment since I hadn't been able to do that for a couple weeks, and it has been grating on me. <laughs> No, I understand that feeling completely. I still haven't been able to get back to... Well, I mean, uh, it's hard to keep my house clean. Unfortunately, a child runs around. Um, crawls around at the moment. Uh, so, you know, one of the things, like... It, it definitely sounds like Omega seriously captured you guys and put you in Stockholm Syndrome. Like, <laughs> I feel so bad about that. Uh, but at the same time, I mean... It does feel kind of weird for me. Like when we were doing the event, we did the, the event for like a, a whole week, and then right after, which you just you know hard cut stop, uh, and you're just like, well, back to normal life, right? After spending all this time with a whole bunch of people, closely all doing the exact same thing day after day, uh, and working together, you just stop doing it, <laughs> and you go back away from that group of people. It feels kind of weird. Um, I'm guessing you guys were kind of feeling somewhat. The same feeling. Yeah, it definitely feels weird. That yeah. first day we ran out of PTO induced a lot of that feeling in a really bad way because we all wanted to be raiding, but we couldn't and people had things to do. So mm -hmm. I remember sitting there for like 90 minutes before our start time just thinking, I want to pull the boss. I want to pull the boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I spent all of stand up with streams open. I didn't do a single thing at work that day. <laughs> that's fair yeah dude like i don't know like i get i get pretty attached you guys probably know i get pretty attached to the world race and everything going on and i i put myself in there um and so like and it always feels good especially now doing these events and doing the charity stuff and you it just always feels great in the end you're like man this feels like something that is you know a whole bunch of people around uh everyone's being real nice to each other kind of like lifting each other up and then you go back to your job and your, your boss is like, all right, uh, you know, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't do this, this, and this, but, uh, and you're like, man, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> just, I don't. It seems so meaningless in comparison. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I understand how you guys feel. Yeah. The TPS reports, basically, uh, all the wonderful things that go in line with that. They call GMT reports now. GMT oh reports. God. Do they? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, my, if my boss ever got figured out what I... By my life, by the way, with work and, and this is completely separate. I'm sure it'd be... If my boss found this stuff, he'd be like, what the fuck? 
video games. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I had to actually do research for the fake for the fake vacation I went on with my <laughs> boss about before I went back to work. Do you guys? So you guys kind of don't tell your uh, your work uh, crew anything about your streaming or rating or prog or anything like that? Never, no. ever, ever. <laughs> I yeah, do, I but do. I'm the odd one out, apparently. Yeah, I, I, I do, but that's because I work in the video game industry, so they understand. It's fair. I work with a bunch of people who kind of have a lot of similar interests, so I was like, yeah, this is what I do. And they're, mm -hmm. it, like, it's still a little offset from what they generally like to play, but, like, it's all video games at one point or another, so there's there's a lot of commonality between it, and so I can kind of bridge the gap a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. That must feel good, man. Because <laughs> I am completely two separate worlds. Uh, They're all like, yeah, did you enjoy your vacation? I'm like, it wasn't a vacation. <laughs> that's all I said. I had some stuff I had to do, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it, I, I, I put it to that, and I don't go into it. Uh, they, were, they probably feel kind of awkward and weird about it, but I'm like, I'm not going to go into it, man. I don't want to get caught into like some horrible lie or anything, but at the same time, I don't want to have those awkward conversations at work. It was a personal project. Yeah, personal project. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, you know, the other thing that you guys told me that I felt was kind of interesting uh, the other day when you guys cleared was that you guys were are actually kind of a, a newer group, right? Like, you, that doesn't seem right. You're all uh, like newer overall. Relatively speaking. Okay. Okay. Like, when did you guys get together? Uh, well, so the group, the actual group was made uh, near the start of Eden's Promise. I had founded the group with someone I did speeds back in Eden's Verse, and our intention was to create a group that was going to do Eden's Promise speeds and then do uh, the ultimate that was supposed to come out, if you remember, that was supposed to come out <laughs> mm -hmm. during Promise, and then uh, unfortunately got delayed. Uh, so we spent that that whole tier just doing speeds and then uh from there we wanted to move on into bigger better things so we started getting into the world prog scene um so our first uh world race that we took part in was in asphodelo so that was the start of Endwalker. Hmm. um so yeah the, the the group was made at the end of eden of of eden's promise or i should say middle of eden's promise but we only started got, getting into the world race scene at the start of Endwalker, so pretty so, new in that regard. So for people who don't like have a good, I guess, mental mapping of like when the patch dates uh, are in their head, that would be, I think, early February 2021 was just after the release of Eden's Promise. 2021? Yeah, no, that, that adds up. You know, Eden's Promise was like the, the first, not the first, like, streaming event that we did but it was the first one that we did like just the final fantasy 14 community without like any help because we did worked with method on uh the one before uh and then we started our own thing and did that for eden's promise and that was our first one um and then we started really getting into it uh at the start of in walker i guess to be honest with you. you know what's funny is right after eden's promise uh, this, the kind of event that we had for this one, we were lining up to do it with Ultimate, uh, with DSR. Uh, but 
unfortunately, they delayed it. <laughs> and so that put a huge gap in all the content that we were doing. And uh, when DSR finally came out, my daughter was just born. So it was just like, all right, well, fuck, man. <laughs> um, but no, that, it was awesome to say, you know what, the... One of the big things I remember your group from recently, of course, was the the Savage Dungeon, right? You guys had a couple of people doing Savage, uh, not Savage Dungeon, I guess Criterion, right? Uh, if I remember right, or am I wrong on that? No, yeah, I think the majority of the group did the Savage Dungeon. Um, I didn't take part of it because I had work, but um, I think we had just two, like, I guess essentially a light party split between the. Uh, roster and then I think Darth filled in for my spot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it was anything we really heavily planned. We were just like, yeah, this exists. Uh, who's going to be up for it? And a bunch of us <laughs> yeah. said, yeah. Oh, then, almost yeah, all of us. Of course. Of us we also yeah. didn't end up doing the Savage part of it. We just did the Criterion. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people fell off. Work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we weren't really planning for it, so we kind of yeah. ran out of time and people had to go back to work. Yeah, you guys had also been that, doing speeds all night. Back in there again. Yes. Mm -hmm. You guys have been doing speeds all night because of the upcoming partition, so you were still tired. Yeah. I think, you know, in the future, Criterion, you know, you take a day off of work and that's it, right, if you wanted to actually race for it. But um, it, it, I wonder how that's going to, like, pan out going forward. Was it the Criterion guy involved with this Ultimate? Do I remember that right? Well, yeah, yeah, so, he yeah. Was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I guess the, the, the interesting thing about that is this would turn out to be the hard, <laughs> all right, I want your opinion on this. Do you feel like this was the hardest ultimate? Yes. Yes. Yes, by far. I think so. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That is absolutely insane. I think we, 100% we're at the peak now. They're not going to make harder fights than this. There's no way. Well, I mean, there's theoretically a way, but I think we've definitely reached what is what I would consider currently reasonable for them to make. Mm -hmm. Somebody. Uh... The problem, the problem with top, oh, not problem, but the the difficulty with top is that there's no patterns to everything. You have to yeah. know every way to do every single thing, and you need to be able to identify which one you are in a very short amount of time every time. I think the other part of it too that's that's the that's a very large factor and the other large factor at least in my eyes is that this fight has no real downtime like every there's no mechanic that you can autopilot like once you know it you can just do it for free every mechanic in this whole fight is like brain on active you have to think about what you're doing next and it's different every time every single time you do it and it's mm -hmm. just that there you can't you can't rest you get like a couple seconds of rest in between phases and the cutscene, and that's it. Mm. How do you I guys think? In addition Go to ahead. that, sorry, I, I want to add an yeah. additional point. Uh, I think in addition to that, there's there's a lot of sort of open endedness, especially towards sort of the latter stages of the fight, um, with how you decide to distribute um, quickening dynamis stacks and how those, like coming into Omega especially, how those are distributed is going to affect how you end up giving out the rest of them um and given certain patterns you can end up in situations where multiple people would be able to do a particular thing so there's not a lot of like hard and fast set in stone if i have this i go to this um because there could be multiple people who fill that criteria hmm. yeah i mean and that, that is 
that I don't know. So people have asked for that in the past, I believe, uh, that they want like content to be a little bit less 50 50. Um, but now we're seeing what like that really looks like. Do we still want that? Uh, yeah, I think the the biggest example of this was the third Hello World in um, P5 in the mm -hmm. start of the Omega Trio, where I you when they were doing like the the really tight predation dodges, I was spending like a full ten seconds deciding who should be going where. Like I I don't really know how I'm sure it's possible, but I don't really know how we would have come up with a strat that didn't require ninth man callouts there. Hmm. I think with a lot of this stuff, ultimately what you're seeing with regards to mechanics that are completely role agnostic and mechanics that are a bit more open-ended about who does what role is it's simply Square adapting to the, the talent and the skill of the player base. They've realized that there's no need to make mechanics target certain roles because those mechanics are solvable if they're role agnostic. So let's just make them role agnostic. So mm -hmm. as the player base demonstrates their ability to do things like this the encounter designers are saying screw it let's make it hard they'll figure it out they'll figure out a way to do this mm -hmm. it, the uh, program loop the first mechanic of the fight is probably the best example of this like in before now and even maybe in previous ultimates if this mechanic if program loop showed up it might have locked onto like supports in dps or a light party and another one rather than what we have which is full complete randomness on it Mm-hmm. So, I guess uh, a good question for you guys is how how much of this? Well, let's let's start this. What did you guys do the prep for this Omega? Did you just go do uh, <laughs> anything? You called. We, uh, That's, so we, we have... did a lot of things. Okay. The thing is that, like at this point, so we've done a lot of prep for mm -hmm. all the ever ever since we started getting into the world race. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a lot of old content to prep for these encounters. So we've we basically gone through everything that the game has to offer within reason at this point. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot to really choose from, but we obviously did pick all of the Omega fights. Like, that was the given, right? Just mm -hmm. go through every Omega fight to see what mechanics they're giving us that, might be, that we might see in the new Ultimate, because um, it was the Omega Ultimate. Um, and then besides that, we did. We were initially thinking uh, T speeds, but we ended up settling on U cop speeds, mm. um, just because that wasn't something we had done before. Um, and then after we were done with um, uh, U cop and Omega, we also did a little bit of old Eden fights. We did Voidwalker, we did Leviathan, um, we did Idol of Darkness, and then. Was it after, it was probably either after that or shortly before that we were like well, it would be fun to do no jobs on UCOP. so we did some of that because um, at that point we were we were just looking for content to do and, and the I list mean, is the best yes yes so um yeah that's what we did for prep uh, this you, time uh, you left something out here or uh Perry it's the sandrum. Uh, the Yes, there's a uh, there's a room in Halicarnassus that does not mm -hmm. show up in the Savage. Mm -hmm. It shows up in Normal. It's a little uh, sand maze, and yeah. Kareth was dying for us to do it for prep. And I was like, okay, I mean, you asked for it. It's very unfortunate that it didn't show up. 
we were all hoping, you know, we were, we were hoping for a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of hopes for, like, Kefka and some of those mechanics from maybe bringing yeah. in new uh, visualizations of what the top warriors were or whatever else. Um, what what was your group, like, hoping for or ex expecting out of this fight before going into it? Train. Train? <laughs> Honestly, at least for me personally, exactly what we got. You know, when that live letter first came out and Yoshi P said something to the effect of, I believe his words were anything that Omega has seen or experienced is fair game to show up in this ultimate. And a lot of people did take that to mean like, okay, all of Delta escape and Sigma escape. But I'm sitting here thinking we've got three distinct Omega encounters. We've got O11 with the beetle. We've got M and F. We've got final Omega. Mm -hmm. Like that's enough to just make an ultimate out of if they, you know, work a few creativity muscles and make a, know special phase or whatever so i'm like kind of glad the that models just, gold yeah and, <laughs> and and then creating the final alpha omega as well but i'm kind of glad they just stuck to that i i don't feel like there's any need to introduce like kefka or x death or anything i think the one thing that i was expecting was yeah i i for clarity like what we got what, what this fight is is very is, is awesome i i love this fight it's probably my favorite ultimate right now but the, what going into it, what I was I was expecting similar to what we got, except in P five, where how the fight works right now is Omega summons like all of its previous forms. Right, you're fighting the Beetle and Final mm -hmm. and MNF all at the same time. But I was expecting that to be Omega calling in the simulations of like Delta Scape and Sigma Scape. So a trio with a bunch of the bosses from Delta Scape. Mm -hmm. You get X Death and Catastrophe showing up at the same time instead of what we got, which is Omega using all of its own attacks in different combinations. Mm -hmm. but, so that's what I was expecting, but I'm not like sad with what we got. This fight's awesome. I mean, technically, when you get Dragoon LB, it's like Midgar's there, that's... right? <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think my only concern... My only concern about the way that they decided to design top with it just being exclusively omega is that the the one thing i'm looking most forward to in the future for this game is the eden ultimate that is going to be super oh, yeah. hog and i really 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 want there to be shiba in that fight yeah. Um, yeah. if it's just if it's just like gaia and stuff or eden i'm going to be a little disappointed no nah. so uh, it, it's definitely so I can go in and tell you how that fight's gonna work out. Uh, you're gonna have Eden, the big spaceship thing, right? And it's gonna do all of its stuff. And then you're gonna have Gaia in there for sure. And then you're gonna have 100. Uh, percent I don't know. I don't know if it'll be the Shiva form or what kind of form, but you'll have both oracles. So you'll, it's basically two oracles in Eden. Uh, so. There's no way they can get around that because I'm trying to think of what how else they would really design that fight. Um, yeah. Well, the, there's only there's only one thing that matters. That's did they include lights rampant? That's true. I, I need yeah. ultimate light rampant. I, I would like Ram to rampant relativity. Expectations. Okay, as an FF14 boomer <laughs> who had his soul crushed by T. I need you to understand that they will leave out something you loved and you yeah. will never get it back. Yeah. <laughs> I, where were the Jeez. pinballs in T? <laughs> where was the gorilla? Dude. Where was the gorilla, man? So I'll let you know. I don't know if you know this, Kerek, but I, I uh, had a casual static and we had some issues with people leaving and coming back. And I had to play Scholar uh, for uh, Alexander for 
uh, that the Midas tier, and uh, those balls, they could be gone forever, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're the best mechanic in the game. They are the best mechanic in the game. I will not be silenced. It's just like you just you think you're not gonna get hit by it, but you're just a little slow, and you get hit by it, and it's just like <laughs> you just Fantasia to Lollafell, and you can duck under them all. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a rough time. It was the first time I was actually doing healer and savage raids too. Uh, I'm scarred by that fight. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> the it's gonna be fun to see what they come up with next. They have a lot of room uh, to work with ultimates. It's it's sad that we're not gonna see another ultimate. I think uh, for probably two ish years, maybe a little bit under, but it's gonna be a while. That, it, it is sad, but it's also fine in my eyes. Like, this Ultimate Prague is so much fun, but it is also exhausting. And having one every one every other patch cycle would just be... I think it would be too much yeah, for yeah. development and for the Raiders. Two yeah, is a good number for expansion, I think. Yeah, I yeah. agree. If they feel to maintain this difficulty, then yeah, I guess that's fine. They need to give us something in point five, though, is, is what we'll I'm hoping for. we Smile. Or, <laughs> I mean, I, I love I want DRS 2.0, man. I had the time of my life doing that. That was so much fun. My oh, DRS is so yeah, good. Yeah, that would be good, but I don't know where they would pull that from, right? Yeah. So, the end of the deep dungeon is DRS. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Island Sanctuary. Maybe at the very Island end of all their Island Sanctuary <laughs> Savage. Yeah. <laughs> they have some dungeon like in your island that you can get. <laughs> and then uh, you could get uh, eight people together and go raid in it. Uh, and that'll just be part of your island sanctuary going forward. Uh, as everyone swelled out, they're in a new kind of DRS or something in there. Um, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. DRS was fairly successful, right? Like, it was I don't good. think they got negative feedback about it. So I wouldn't, I, I'd expect something like it to happen again eventually. Yeah. I hope so. Um, it, because the, the extra content like that isn't... I mean, Criterion Dungeons kind of fill in that void a little bit. But, you know, we always had some kind of, like, sort of bigger dungeon or fighting type of content. That's not, like, super difficult, but had something to it. Uh, right? We had uh, Baja, last expansion. Before that, we had... Uh, was it Eureka? Was that the name of it? Am I... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Eureka. Uh, so, it... It worked out pretty good. I think before that, that's when we had the wonderful dinosaurs on islands, right? Uh, diadem. Yeah, diadem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that didn't really work out too well, but they definitely fixed it going forward with those other two implementations. But what we have instead of that is uh, Island Sanctuary right now, I think, because that's where all the mapping resources are going to. Uh, so I don't know. I need to do that now that I have time and I'm actually, actually playing the game. I forgot <laughs> that that existed. Yeah. Brought it up. Yeah, it's there. There's a lot of stuff that kind of faded out into. Uh, I mean, it's there, but you just—it's hard to remember it's there. Uh, you know, you bring up stuff 100% like Chuckba Racing. Most people don't even think about it anymore. It's just there. Shout out to the Majadon gang. Yeah, Mahjong's there. <laughs> My Lords of Vermilion. Lords of Vermilion's there. And they can <laughs> they every time they add a minion, they have to make some sort of ability I for know. it. 
They still maintain that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they, they do. do. Every insane. new minion has a new ability for Lord Silverman. But I mean, I'm so pretty like sure a, they just copy like and paste. one guy. There's like one guy who's just sitting there maintaining <laughs> Lords of Vermilion every time they add a new minion. Yeah. Wait, that's kind of awesome because he could do anything he wants and no one will know. <laughs> this is probably true. I have, I've heard that there is a bit of power creep going on. So that... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a handful of people out there, like a couple, two or three, on every data center that actually go kind of hardcore with it. <laughs> it's, I would love to force that out and like get competitions for it. I mean, we can get... That would require it to be a good game. No, it doesn't. You just need money. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. You just throw money at it and like, all right, I'll get good at Lords of Dominion for a couple thousand dollars. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... it's uh, It'd be interesting to see something like that happen. Um, all right. Well, for, for Omega, you know, there's, there's a, so much to talk about with it. It's... I guess I want to ask you guys, too, about, you know, there's the first three phases, first four, I guess, that were like, okay, this is Omega. Then they gave us kind of the reveal going forward with Phase 5 and Phase 6 of what the ultimate portion of it was, uh, which is this Dynamis thing. Did you guys have any kind of, like, lore people in there, like, trying to put together pieces or anything? Trying to make sense out of the wordplay? Anything like that? Or were you just going and hoping it, it'd work out? I mean, I can speak for myself in that I went and replayed the whole Omega story on my own before we did this one. Mm -hmm. um, just so, like, because it was partially because both DSR or, uh, yeah, DSR and this last Savage had lore implications that were, like, active clues, right? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that I was refreshing everything. And, yeah, there were hints. Yeah, like, it, but it's it's, like, it's just extremely obvious. Like, if you paid attention to the story at all, Mm -hmm. And, like, you know what Endwalker's about. That's kind of all, like, there wasn't, you knew the Dynamis was going to show up. That, and that that's kind of all you needed and what you got. And that, mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. It wasn't, it, you didn't gain too much from knowing the lore this particular time around. Right. But it definitely augmented the experience. Yeah. The Dynamis thing's interesting because it really played a big part in Endwalker, right? And yep. so it was just such a huge thing for everybody to kind of go through. And to see them actually put it in a raid... Uh, and implement facts from this current expansion towards a previous fight and try to say what if Dynamis was involved there too and then it kind of pieces all together and it gets people pretty involved in it so that was a really good decision I think it's interesting because the the bits were already there it's just kind of a it is just kind of a retcon because the mm -hmm. original story he's trying to figure out why you can always win when you shouldn't be able to according to his calculations and then mm -hmm. so in retrospect now that we know that Dynamis exists we know that's the reason mm -hmm. so they kind of just applied it to the already existing story in an interesting way and then they I'll made it gold say, go ahead I'll just say that as ninth men, we spend some of the downtime uh, talking about like lore stuff just because it's interesting. And Darth knows way too fucking much lore uh, about yeah, this game, man. I, well, I mean, I part of my my personal prep, like even before the interview where Yoshi P said there was gonna be everything he had, Omega had ever seen, I went ahead and I I researched every single fight. I made notes on every single mechanic that has existed within the Omega Raid series. I watched lore videos. I read did the story and um in new game plus all that shit so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and that sort of documentation actually ends up being very helpful not even just for like trying to dissect some of the lore implications or di trying to dissect 
um, you know, what could possibly give us hints as to if there would be a puzzle mechanic, but is also just helpful as a refresher because they, especially for the earlier phases, they just reuse a lot of mechanics. They reuse a lot of ability names and that can kind of point us in the right direction as to what particular things are. Stuff like Beyond Defense and Pile Pitch, we, we understand at a fundamental level what those are, even if the specifics are sort of tweaked to fit the ultimate mechanic that which is currently being presented. Tweaked mm -hmm. is... is... A word. <laughs> you know, real side note here. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Karif told me he probably wouldn't be talking too much uh, just overall, but uh, I see why. It's because he wants to shitpost in chat. Uh, okay, well, I can explain. <laughs> yeah. I, I am like the least lore in tuned person. I stopped paying attention after the Moonbred person with the Skrillex haircut died. Like, I don't know anything about FF14 lore. Did you say the Skrillex haircut? Yeah, Moon Burrito. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Yeah. See, someone uh, knows. These, yeah, these guys, level. this raid group was making fun of me for knowing Louis Swa's name at one point. Really? I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was not making. You were not. You guys are about to get shamed out of popularity here. <laughs> I'm a careful. lore master. Actually. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh. Well, I mean, okay, so going into this fight, uh, you know, the the other part, of course, mechanically, how they designed this fight and everything else, uh, we, we had no clue what to go to expect going in. We do our best efforts to kind of prep for it and everything. Uh, but then you go in for that first part of the fight. Um, I, I feel like phase one was a kind of a brutal start. I, we didn't really get, like, too much consistency past uh, phase one until near the end of day one, right? Never. I mean, you never had consistency on phase one. Yeah, I don't think that, any group does. You can phase make is too the hard. argument that phase one is kind of the most difficult part of the whole ultimate in its own way. Obviously, phase five is the most mechanically intensive, but mm -hmm. every other ultimate phase one can be autopiloted so easily. You look at living liquid. I mean, you just have to make sure you don't like completely blow up your jag doll. Otherwise, it's the same every time. You look at twin some minor variation with liquid hell and, and uh, hatches but you can autopilot that you look at DSR DSR really you can you can do with your, your eyes completely closed both and, the Darboss uh, and Thornton one and Uwu, god Uwu's like almost entirely static with Garuda so you, you have these four previous very static phase ones mm -hmm. and now you get this thing where what you get is completely random. Your movement is completely different every single pull from standing still to running across the arena. And it murders your consistency on that first phase. And that adds, honestly, I don't think saying hundreds of pulls to your overall pull count is overstating it. It's not. It's that it's impactful. Not, yeah. We're yeah. pretty modest, spend, actually. We also spent like 50 pulls reprogging p1 to try and fix the consistency yes I'm sure it was more than that, that. But yeah no. that's i love the uh mm -hmm. the, the the progress graph on ff logs where we just have this like chunk of like 50 poles where it's like all p1 <laughs> maybe a little bit of p2 yeah. but and it's like in the middle of p4 prog <laughs> we did have those five p6 poles in a row though so you know. that was pog yeah yeah dude like uh you know, real quick on that topic, too. I mean, you guys, I think, were the first ones to get to P6, right? Or am I wrong? On, on stream. On stream. Well, I mean, yeah, on stream. 
Uh, so you guys became like the the thing about the world race is that you guys are all conduits for us to see the fight without actually having to do the work of doing it. <laughs> uh, so like uh that's that's the the fun part about being in the spectator seat uh is that you kind of get to experience it uh while not really having to be good at the game so uh you re and it was so great you guys basically revealed the transition and what everything was going to look for like for us and i think all the players all the people watching definitely appreciated it uh and it's such just a journey going through this stuff how did you guys feel when you uh, saw that cutscene? Release, re like relief. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> thank you. Managed to get there. <laughs> yeah, it gave you like a second to breathe. I guess you guys weren't, you know, everybody was complaining about uh, P8S, not uh, P8S, uh, E8S, uh, the, the cutscene there kind of like distracting from the fight. But I think in the ultimate, you're like, thank God I can take a second. Uh yeah, this and this this fight in particular, like you just got done with P five, which is some of the most tight mechanical checks that we've had to do in a fight in a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, it's just a moment to, to relax. It's also just a good cutscene if you care about the lore. Mm -hmm. It's like, kind of weird to see Alpha. Yeah, my son, my son, yeah, I'll eat you. Okay, thanks. Uh... <laughs> Where chicken? Yeah. I love, I love his expression as he's getting like eaten. He he what? turns to the group and he's like, "Oops!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you guys would have won if I didn't run over here, but uh, <laughs> oopsie. Uh, <laughs> and we won anyway. It's fine, and we saved him. Eventually, yeah, yeah. I mean, I to be honest with you, I think Omega kind of has. If you, we were doing like score count here. Omega got about a little over a thousand on you, uh, <laughs> but you know, that, and that's kind of interesting. Is that like all of the? Uh, if you look at most of the kills, uh, and you look at the data for them, most teams were around a thousand or more. Uh, pulls overall. What was DSR? We were just under a thousand for DSR. Really? Yeah. I would expect them to be kind of similar because. We were mostly blind for this one, and we were entirely blind for DSR, so... Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think someone said Neverland had, like, 600-something pulls for DSR, but in the Omega Protocol, they had over a 1,000. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of that comes down to the, the P1 that we mentioned. Like, you're just gonna add a couple hundred to this particular Phase 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also think, like, pull count alone is not the best statistic, right? Because, like... How much a pool is worth depends on where it wipes. Yeah. And in the name of our ninth men during Sigma, minus 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, going back, yeah, going back to phase one, two here, would, would you say basically it was Panda Crater? It was like the, the main thing for that? Nah. That's it. No? Nah. We, we nah. Loop much more than we did Panda Crater. Yeah, Blaster Feathers. Okay. And it's it's honestly just people zoning out for like a second and like not remembering their number. Because it's like they assign you a number, and that number is gonna throw you off. Because you look at the number at the start of mechanics, like, oh, one, okay, I'm the number one tower, and then you go take a tether, and you're like, oops, I guess I fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> and this happens with all four numbers. You're like, am I the tower or the tether? And this is this is literally how that mechanic kills poles. Is mm -hmm. that you don't completely read your debuff 
you accidentally take a tether when you're supposed to take a tower, or you take a tower when you're supposed to take a tether, and then doomed. So add on to it that it's random. So like, if you have a priority system set up, you need to check if you like. I need to look at all the supports and see if I have the same number as any other support, and then I swap the direction I'm looking for the whole mechanic. Mm -hmm. It's just it's a whole mess. And then even if you're doing it right. Like, you can accidentally grab a tether or just barely not make it to your tower because you didn't have a sprint up. Or someone else is, like, off in Narnia and you have to not hit them with the blaster tether explosion. And it's like, there's there's just so many individual things that can go wrong on top of it being random. Well, I'm going to have to deal with that for, like, six months. So <laughs> <laughs> this is... And then, and then on to after, after that is Pantocrator, which is has similar randomness and not though not quite as drastic but then also adds in mechanical checks and a lot of caster downtime and it's just mm -hmm. it, it's 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 nonsense and even in program loop that was the first example of them doing this kind of like really mean thing that they did throughout the ultimate where they will assign you something for program loop they assign you your inline number one through four mm -hmm. but that number goes away once you take your tower so if you don't remember what the number was when you're doing your tether, you wipe. And they did this for PlayStation as well. Like, they show you your color, and then it goes away two seconds later. So to keep myself from, like, inting during that mechanic and to keep myself awake, um, as soon as I'm seeing what number I am, I am saying verbally out loud to myself without push to talk held down, mm -hmm. I am tether number one. And then once I do my tether, I would then say I'm tower number three. Like, just anything you can do to remember what it is that you're supposed to be doing helped a lot with consistency there. Mm -hmm. no. I think it was especially mean during the first PlayStation, because what they make you do for the first PlayStation, they give you what your your symbol is, mm -hmm. and then they make you do a mechanic completely unrelated to the symbol. You don't have, you don't have to look at it for the first um, whatever MNF are doing. Uh, and, and then, then they make you remember it yep. immediately after. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally the worst possible setup they could have come up with. That's where the Echo macros were born, which <laughs> I, I'm so happy to see that, like, everybody did that. Like, it wasn't just me. Like, everybody did that as soon as they got to P2. I was watching so many other people on stream do that. Can you guys explain the Echo macros real quick? Uh... So, yeah. Um, if you type slash E in chat and then type anything else, it will echo it into your chat box only, as opposed to slash P where it would say it to the whole party. Mm -hmm. So basically, I set up four macros such that if you get uh, blue, purple, red, or green, I would click the corresponding macro button, and it would just type in my chat, I'm blue. And then when I do the first part of the mechanic, that is agnostic of what my color is. Once that's done, I'd look at chat to remember what color I was. And it just takes one mental step away from having to, to do the mechanic. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't actually know about that. Um... <laughs> So you basically would have to set up like hotkeys or buttons that would go for each one and you just kind of press it. But what if like, I, I guess you guys turn make it to where it's just party chat only when you guys are ready to, right? So you don't have like link shells and FC chat coming up everywhere. That would be a better idea than what I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's actually a funny story about... There's actually a funny story about those macros going to party chat. I think when we were doing... Oh my oh, god. Crap. Oh my god, oh my we're doing novice we have a we have a specific <laughs> oh. that we usually use for speeds mm -hmm. that will uh that will basically it's slash status off so it removes all of like um whatever buffs that you want to click off 
you just it, there's a command in chat so we use it for clicking off regens and stuff like that uh and we Kareth has a macro for that and in addition to clicking off those uh buffs he also says dwow and he posts it into whatever chat he does it's usually party chat but <laughs> when we were doing when we're doing ucop speeds he was like why am i why am i not seeing dwow on party chat and he was spamming that macro he was spamming dwow into the novice network <laughs> he was spamming this chat into the novice network so <laughs> there are like just a million lines of him just spamming just a random shit so, into the novice network did they kick you out they did, but I was back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, you I keep forgetting a novice network exists, to be completely honest with you, too. It's uh, yeah, because uh, I, <laughs> I, I think, like, the whole mentor thing didn't, like, pan out very well uh, in terms of, like, getting people who were all kind of on the same page <laughs> with uh, do it. I don't even know mess. what they're doing. Yeah. At least on Adamantois, 90% of the content I personally see in the Novice Network is mentors complaining rather than uh, anything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was I was only in there because I had the returner flower because I hadn't logged into the game for months. <laughs> nice. Oh. All right. All right. So P2. P2. Uh, what are you guys, what are your thoughts on P2? It's fine. Fun, fun face. It's pretty fun. Left is left. Uh, left is left. PlayStation, left is PlayStation uh, gave us a lot of trouble initially because we were trying to find patterns. We even tried proximity baiting it, like uh, how Death of the Heavens worked in DSR. Mm -hmm. But then we saw the stacks and we were like, surely these are there's some pattern here. There's no patterns uh, in that mechanic. So, um, and also the positioning initially was like a little tight. We spent a little bit of time figuring out the exact positioning. For that um honestly yeah i think just the hardest part of phase two is just the playstation mechanic um I'll the limit break codex. segment was cool i'll pitch um, codex <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah, god we, we, gotta, we gotta talk about that and like it's continued impact throughout the fight that was yes. so funny like, yeah we there, okay, there's so us yeah you talk about it the, the, for, for those that don't know how it works so there's the uh in during the 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 part where there's the passage of arms and like a bunch of limit break stuff going on. Uh, the second mechanic, limitless synergy, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. At one point, there's one of the clones on the side of the, the arena does beyond defense, which is just like a dive towards a, a player and then pile pitch, which is a stack. And if you get hit by both, you die. Um, the beyond defense part, the initial dive picks from picks at random from the two closest players to that clone. And it took us so long to figure that out we thought it was closest person we thought it was true random like there's so many like it took us it, we we basically just sacrificed someone and kept going past to see the next phase and ignoring the fact that that mechanic was killing us just because <laughs> we couldn't figure out what it was actually doing it's like a controlled random i don't uh, think yeah, we actually and, figured and then, it out until we were in p4 yeah we're yeah. sack stratting past beyond defense until like the end of day three of Brog. Wow. And like, then it turns out in P5, you actually like really need to figure out what it's doing because it shows up as part of Run Dynamus Delta. So you then like you actually you need to do it properly at that point. But um, yeah, it it confused us for so long. We were just like, what is going on with this? How it's it's different than how it works um, in the original fight. It showed up in O12 Phase One. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't know. 
it felt it at the time now that we know how it works it's fine but at mm. the time it felt really like obtuse and random and like he is ignoring me we were so that's, that's we best. were so confused about how it worked we called it the pile pitch codex <laughs> yeah. on the bright side it yeah. absolutely created some of the best moments in frog I yeah. have, <laughs> he's ignoring me as local footage from when we would like have somebody just stand right in front of Omega and try to bait it, mm -hmm. and then he would just like leave. He would just ignore their existence <laughs> and just target somebody completely different. That's hilarious, uh, man. Uh, this is all helping me. This is all helping me. So I appreciate you guys giving me this information because uh, I'm going to need to know this soon. Um, the one thing about Phase Two that I think was kind of interesting, and I think it was Momo's group uh that did this first is they stopped caring about the flares uh mm -hmm. it, did you guys i can't remember did you guys keep doing the flare mechanic correctly or did yeah. you stop? Yes. yeah yeah we knew that need to change it yeah we, we knew that you like they don't hurt very much and you can kind of cheese past it a little bit but we were just like what we're doing works we don't need more deep damage so we don't care we'll just keep doing what we're doing for now we would then, end up holding at the end of the phase anyways. It's yeah, like we were doing too much anyway, so. Mm -hmm. it's the type of thing that it's you would be unlikely to come up with in Prague because you see a flare marker. Like, here's how the logical mm -hmm. flow that this is going to go in your head. You see a flare marker. You realize, okay, that's proximity damage. We're in an ultimate. <laughs> this is going to do a ton of damage. Surely. Surely. But yeah. the thing with a lot of flare and proximity markers in this game is they are essentially binary. Either you are too close to them and it does absurd damage that instantly kills you, or mm -hmm. you're far enough away from them and it does very little damage. So we initially spread the flares. We see that they do very little damage, and we just assume it's because we spread them out enough. Mm -hmm. You never really screw around with them to see that, <laughs> oh, they just don't do damage, even if you're right on top of them. Mm -hmm. We actually found out that they did very little damage by accident. It was a pull I was playing Summoner, mm -hmm. and there was a moment where I was like, I have my Ifrit dash, and I need to use it. And I pressed it at just the wrong second, and I brought the flare <laughs> in the middle of the group. And much to our relief, we did not die. We actually, like, did, we basically took zero damage well it wasn't it wasn't zero damage but mm -hmm. we didn't die from like a flare in the middle of the party <laughs> and then we've had multiple other like occurrences of people dashing in a little bit too soon and then there's a flare in the middle of the arena and we just don't die so mm -hmm. the mechanic is it's like it can essentially be ignored so it wasn't really surprising to me or i guess any of us when we saw the you know the flares in the middle thing yeah, I find the lenience of Limitless Synergy to be extremely jarring when compared to Party Synergy, because Party Synergy has a lot of very specific positioning requirements because of mid-glitch and remote glitch. Mm -hmm. um, and, and messing those things up can just instantaneously kill you, versus when you, when, like, when you compare that to Limitless Synergy, Limitless Synergy, you can literally put a flare marker in the middle of the group and, and the mechanic doesn't care. You can mm -hmm. literally two-stack the, the pile pitch and the, the mechanic, okay, you, you took a bit more damage than you normally would, but, you know, you shrug it off, you move on. Like, the amount of flexibility, the amount of lenience, and the amount of, like, room for error that you get in Limitless Synergy, I think is very jarring compared even, to a lot of mechanics in the rest of the fight. Even Cosmo Memory, the raid-wide at the end of Limitless Synergy, doesn't hurt, like, nearly as much as I was expecting it to. Like, yeah. that's supposed to be the cap of the phase of the mechanic, and it's just like, it 
it kind of tickled a little bit, I guess. To mm -hmm. expand on this, that phase does so little damage, it actually started getting suspicious when we were walled on P4. We were like, a couple <laughs> of us were thinking, is the key to getting past blue screens somewhere in phase two? Mm -hmm. Because nothing does any damage and it doesn't make any sense. Like when we first saw those flares, the first thing I'm thinking of is, okay, their damage profile is going to be like the uh, Giga Flares Edge in DSRP7, where if you are half a meter too close, you take 80,000 damage through mid and it just kills you. Mm -hmm. That's what we were expecting. And what we got was just, I, I don't know. I, take, yeah. you know, I think it does 30, I think the flares do 35k when you're on top of them. Yeah. Ish, yeah. I think it's a fine mechanic, though, like taking that out of it, like in terms of what you're doing, like it's fine. It just, I don't know. We almost wish it did more damage. <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional or if that was just overlook uh, on the damage. I mean, I, I can only guess if there was some sort of intentional reasoning behind that. It was to say, all right, well, these mechanics are going to be lighter because it's an overall stressful fight. And then identifying where it's not really as stressful throughout the fight could be beneficial to a group, maybe. But I don't know. Feels they made it lenient. Because of how they did so little damage. If they made it lenient, it was definitely because they show up back again at the very end of the fight, and that's probably a stressful time. They're like, we shouldn't make this too fail statey mm -hmm. because it would suck to wipe right there. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, going past this phase, right, going into phase three, uh, this is like the last, I guess, like final Omega before we get into all the crazy stuff. Um, and you had... Uh, the hello world there uh which was i guess the big mechanic for that that portion how did you guys feel about phase three i just overall Best i phase. love it fun. Yeah. Phase, fun. Easy. very fun fun it's to solve fun like, to execute yeah it's hello world is like okay well we're gonna ignore the problems with the buff and debuff cap for a second mm -hmm. but just in terms of doing the mechanic it like it's fun to figure out and once you know it, it's still fun to do every pull. Like, it's it's not boring. It's not too much brain effort. It's mm -hmm. just satisfying to execute. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it was just basically a cycle of the same mechanics for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, it, but in an interesting way. Like, there's four... Mm -hmm. Each set of towers, there's four positions to be in, left or right for each of those positions. Mm -hmm. And each player will do each one of the four possibilities once. That's the mm -hmm. mechanic. And it was a very good spiritual successor to Die from Grace, which was also yes. a very good mechanic. Yes, so yes. They, I'm glad they kind of took that concept, which was shown to just be really good in DSR, and then put their own twist on it for Omega. Yeah, and then they did the thing in P5, which was the bad part about DSR, where the boss shows up, <laughs> autos you twice, busters, and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were definitely happy with P3 and it being targetable the whole time. Cuz mm -hmm. we were a little bit we were a little bit scared between O12 Phase 2's original Hello World mm -hmm. and being a targetable boss and that being a very good part of that mechanic. Mm -hmm. Um and then uh P8 and like high concept being similar to the Hello Worlds but the boss not being targetable and we were very we were quite frustrated with that fact for along both in Prague and in reclears and speeds. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were very happy to see that they kept the targetable during this LOL. Yeah. Oversampled, I think, was also a really cool way to end the phase. Uh, it's pretty creative what they did with it. I think I remember hating it at the time. I'm like, 
facing on perfect 90 degree angles is like so finicky and it's weird depending on your control scheme but now looking back in hindsight oversampled is is, it is was quite wonderfully done a lot of fun to watch uh, players try to execute it uh, and you could see the screens just pop back and forth in a whole bunch of different directions <laughs> really quick. You're like, are they going to get it? Are they going to get Kamachi. it? <laughs> yeah, Kamachi. Yeah, facing it at the last second is really satisfying. Yeah. Greeting, <laughs> that no. mechanic is the most fun mechanic to greed in this game. I look scary. Know, you know mm -hmm. that person next to you is just looting it, looking at you like sweating. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then there's also like fun little Easter eggs about it. Like I was playing Gunbreaker for most of this prog later on, and you have Double Down and Bow Shock, which are damage dealing skills that don't target the enemy. So I can just face it and then press those skills, and it doesn't turn me, mm -hmm. and I don't even have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's stuff like that, and it's really and it's. It was a lot. It ended up being a much better mechanic than we thought on initially getting it, which Kelly touched on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do want to. So a couple other things. Is this the phase where they took out the auto attacks? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we need to do that in B5. We too. can auto attack. Yeah. Go through our like our history, our evolution of our strats for that because that was hilarious. I think what, what did we, we what did we start? We initially with? went to the wall and then we we're like, surely there's a way to like figure this out. So we just tried betting Kali and then it autoed Sura. So then we we're like, okay, let's all go south, let's heal everyone up, and then it would still like bonk someone. It, and then it, we it just eventually settled on person that wasn't yes. talked. It, was, was, oh, it even involved some ninth man uh aggro research and going into instances and trying to take aggro with uh, skills that were being done while the boss was untargetable to see if any of those could generate aggro. I won't the lie. No. When they hotfixed it and we still hadn't quite cleared yet, I was like the tiniest bit disappointed. Honestly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Easier in January, right? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. people yeah. who weren't tuning in, like for some reason the boss would always, always aggro onto me there. So our initial strat to deal with it was just Benny the Dragoon and let him take an auto. And that worked for like an entire raid day until mm -hmm. one fateful pull had just decided to walk over to the fizz range and auto them instead. Yeah, I got bonked. Yeah. I, I sit on a technical there, like I would precast technical for that phase, and mm -hmm. so I get bonked and we lose technical. <laughs> the funniest part about that, I mean, I looked into it to see if there was anything like the tanks could do. There is a literally no way for the tank to get aggro fast enough on the boss if it decides to just hit someone else. Yeah, it was like a six frame auto attack or something crazy yeah, like literally, that. Literally, Provoke has like not less than half of a second activation time, and that wasn't enough. Yeah. Oh man, that... <laughs> that was a good meme. That was a really very good meme. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is, uh, we could hit on that a little bit too. One of the big issues with the uh, you know the buffs and debuffs and the caps and all that other stuff. Uh, I'm sure there it wasn't intentional <laughs> at all, but it did add a little bit of a, a level of thought of having to do priority with buffs. I would guess too, right? We were, we were fortunate enough to not run into it at all. Like, we yeah. just lucked into the fact that our composition didn't quite have enough. Like, we were originally, like, we, we were considering White Mage versus Astro, for example. If we had an Astro, we would have absolutely run into the problem. Hmm. And, like, I know I know Monk had the problem as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the, the people who switched had Astro Monk on their team. And so one of the biggest switches a lot of the groups that finished before us made were Dancer for Machinist. Because hmm. that got rid of two buffs, yeah, one party-wide buff, and, and a couple of buffs on the dance partner. We got lucky, it just wasn't a problem for us at all. 
That's fortunate. But I mean, then that like starts like pushing out other jobs just because <laughs> they work. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I, I do, I am curious what they, if they say anything or do anything about that coming in the future. Uh, I mean, they, they have to, I don't know if they're just going to change the, the way to design fights and everything. Uh, so the buff issues aren't as big of a deal, but I don't know. Um, I more anticipate changes to how certain jobs operate. They may start pushing, instead of giving players buffs for particular uh, things, they may start pushing some of those mechanics toward the job gauge instead, uh, or just removing buffs from uh, certain things entirely. Because there's a lot of, like, especially Dancer has a lot of kind of filler buffs that I think if they wanted to, they could probably consolidate from a technical perspective. Like, um, everyone gets... Anyone who is hit by a standard or technical gets two buffs, one of them being the damage buff and then the other one being Esprit, so that when they perform weapon skills or spells, they will generate a meter for the dancer. Mm. And I feel, especially with like between that and Meditative Brotherhood, which grants Meditate stacks to the monk, um, among a bunch of others, I, I wonder if they're planning on consolidating some of those down to being one buff to sort of alleviate the issue or moving a lot of those... Uh, kind of particular timers or job actions to the job gauge over using a buff uh, for a lot of that stuff. Hmm. I also wonder if they could have implemented the mechanic without taking up so much real estate in the in the buff and debuff bar. Like, if with how it's like with how it's designed and how it's based off of the original O12 version, I don't necessarily think they could have. But like, there's a couple frames in the mechanic where you, like the mechanic itself gives you like. N buffs and debuffs total, for 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 a, for just like a, a a fraction of a second, but it it feels a little absurd. Mm hmm. I really gotta turn off my chat thing. <laughs> We're not doing this event anymore. Uh, I guess this is technically part of the event, right? <laughs> not not that big of a deal. We can sort of yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the sponsored chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do love the chair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Real quick tangent here. Uh, is the chair kind of what you think sold most people <laughs> on the event? Because uh, I mean, like that—that that was when we were in discussions and everything. Uh, you know, I was talking about okay, we want—I want to make sure that we have just a good prize pack for whoever is, uh, you know, giving us that point of view and able to uh, be a part of the event. And so. All of the most of all of the the sponsorship stuff went straight towards that prize pack, and the chair was like supposed to, I guess, be the highlight of it. And I'm very happy that it definitely seems like it was the highlight for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think we would have yeah. been like really happy to do this regardless of whether or not it was sponsored. But mm -hmm. just the fact that a couple of us needed a new chair just turned out to be a really great coincidence. Yeah. Because uh, you think about it a lot. I mean, people will have their own headsets sometimes, their mouse, their keyboards and everything. Uh, they may need new, new ones, and that's really great for all the people who need new ones. But the one thing a lot of people don't go out to do is get a chair. Uh, because they're like, okay, maybe that's the expense that's going overboard or a little bit. <laughs> so at least that's what I think. Um, so by the way, when you guys get chairs, you guys should all sit in it, take selfies, and be like... <laughs> Great, great event. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, I love taking selfies. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Okay, bro. 
<laughs> I, there are people at my job that play FF14, and there's no way I'm letting them know who. <laughs> no way. Just take a picture of the chair and then put it on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah that, that works. That works. I'll, I'll put the cat in the chair for you. That works too. That Go. Works. This is going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but what Kareth just said kind of reminded me of it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the first time I've ever seen so much engagement in the world race or something related to 14 from communities that had nothing to do with it so for example like i don't leave old discords that i'm in i just kind of don't so i'm mm -hmm. in a lot of discords for games that i used to play like destiny 2 and mm -hmm. guild wars and in like four of those discords i had people figuring out that that dude on stream playing dragoon was me and then messaging oh. me to talk about top and i've, I've never seen anything like that happened before in in kind of like the history of this community so that was really really cool to see this time around it's People going man play this game are still following the race yeah i mean being able to give some kind of visibility to the race is really doing uh really doing pretty good <laughs> so i you know it, granted there's the whole thing uh, with the whole negative side of some stuff that fell out afterwards which we can get into later uh but the the fact that it, it definitely feels like we're still expanding uh is, is amazing uh and i i never know when we're just going to hit that idle point but like i i knew this was going to be like one of the biggest events at least from my point of view with doing the stream stuff and everything else but i didn't think it was going to grow as much as it did uh just overall so i'm happy I'm happy that this is this is getting to a good point. And I'm glad that we could finally put on an event. Like, this is the first time we've ever given a prize. Uh, granted, the Namasu Bath Mats did go to the Otter Nuts group. <laughs> for, <laughs> what? For, the, for when, not not for this, but for the Criterion Savage, because they got world oh, first right. in Criterion Savage. And I had some uh, Bath Mats I could give away, uh, and they won those. Um so <laughs> you have an angered bagel goose. Uh, it's like, sorry, bagel. Dare you. People have to work. We would have taken that. You could have got it. You could have had a Namazoom bath mat. I even tweeted it out. It was there. <laughs> but it was so small. It could have been. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some more in the future. And uh, I'll make sure they're in the next race or something like that. Um, but all right. Yeah. So phase three going on to phase four, which is actually where people start th thinking, Hey, maybe there's like a mystery here. Right. Yeah. We thought there's no way that the puzzle is just a 20% damage check. There is no way they would do that. Right. It's because well, we got, we got to the phase the first time and got it to like 50%. The first time we saw the blue screen cast finish, it was like, like 50% seems like a ridiculous hurdle to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And, Keep going. Uh, uh, and it just like, it, it ended up leading us down like the thought process of like, okay, is it a tank it'll be? Is it some puzzle in phase two? Is it like, mm -hmm. are we missing a damage buff somewhere? Um, and especially since like the first three phases are a tight execution check uh, and blue screen effectively requires you to melee LB to get past it. Like you have to not use your LB to get there. You basically can't have any deaths until you get comfortable, like super comfortable, and we're on like day five. Then we can maybe do it with a death. But 
Mm-hmm. You could you could LVP three and then buff in P four, but yeah, that that kind of thing as well. But the 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 point is is that it did not hint towards being a damage check at all. We really didn't think it was, and uh, what ended up happening for our team at least is that's about the time that we ended up taking to redo our Pantocrator strats um, and get phase one more consistent, and we did some job swaps as well, thinking that it might be for damage, and then. We let other teams figure it out for us. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 We did. We did. We did some damage calculations, and we're like, "How are we supposed to kill this thing? Surely we have to do something else." So we were tempting a lot. The single biggest hint was Neverland having to come off the leaderboard temporarily. Well, that yeah, Yeah. they came off as soon as like past the twenty, like right when they're getting the twenty twenty percent or so, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're done. They came off. Something you know changed. Yeah. Uh, so that, that kind of I think gave it away I to a lot of groups. Obvious, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still pissed about the debugger debuffs. Like, <laughs> I just feel like there was no reason to make them not cleanse on. Uh, I guess. Critical I don't know, error. Like when you be critical yeah, error. you could cleanse them all on critical error. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Other than to just be obtuse with blue screen, which like fair mm-hmm. enough, like they definitely do things. The encounter designers do deliberately decide to be obtuse sometimes to make the encounter harder. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily wrong, but it it, it, it kind of got me a little a little pissed <laughs> off. I'm not gonna lie. I, mean, I think yeah. it was pretty funny because they they did so many things to like throw you off, like the uh, stack and hello world being being stackable with like more than two people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the debuffs being blue and it be called blue screen. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about critical sync. I think because this is something most people that following the race like didn't even pick up on that at the time. So, critical synchronization bug in the original Hello World, and we went back and tested this during Prague, is a stack that only hits two people. If you have more than two people in the stack, it will just completely ignore one player. And so when we were trying to figure out how to do blue screen, one of the things we were thinking about is, can we get all of the debugger debuffs on all eight players? Because you will actually be missing two people with the synchronization debugger Mm -hmm. um, with the way you do the mechanics. So what we tried to do is see, does the ultimate version of Critical Sync hit more than two players? And it does. And so I tested that we saw that it hits three and we're like, surely this has something to do with getting past blue screen. And it just didn't like they <laughs> deliberately decided to make the stack hit a different number of people mm-hmm. just to be like obtuse about the mechanic solution. Yeah, Cause they know that we'll fixate on like any open end that we mm-hmm. notice the moment something becomes like even remotely like a wall in progression. Yeah. Honestly, I think it was just, that. I think it was just some mechanic designer was like, oh, back when I made this, we made it this way, and I didn't have time to fix it. Let's fix it now, guys. That'll be a great idea. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Well, I mean, like, it kind of feels like going in a corn maze, right? And you go and you hit a dead end. You're like, okay, just check that off and keep going. And you, you literally have no way of knowing that's a dead end until you get there. Uh, and so I think that's with trying to figure out some of this other stuff, too, is that, like, Possibly, if we go down this path, we might be able to make it out, but no. Uh, and I, I don't, again, like, I'm on this edge, and it's, 
I do believe like some things in here were definitely thought out in a way that they were doing it to try to trick everybody. But at the same time, I feel like some things might have just been slightly overlooked. Like the buff and debuff stuff, that had to have been overlooked. 100%. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I am very curious about how these buffs function uh, and how many open ends there are out there. Because it was literally everybody just trying to figure out how to get past that phase until uh, you know the, we saw a team or two get through it. And we're like, okay, easy enough, DPS check. Mm -hmm. it, it felt a little bit sad, to be honest with you, when we found out it was just a DPS check. Uh, yeah, it was that very was, disappointing. That was based, actually. Screw puzzles. <laughs> Bro, I'll never it, it, forgive them for Ultima, dude. If you didn't do that fight blind, you were robbed. Yeah, um, I will say it was a good lesson learned, and we we talked about this after Prague. Mm -hmm. We're trying to collect everyone's thoughts on like what happened, what can we do better, what should we keep in mind for next time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the main takeaways was if they ever give us a path to just push damage, like if we can ever optimize damage and just optimize our gameplay more cleanly at the current wall of the fight fully explore and exhaust that opportunity mm -hmm. before turning to like puzzle mm -hmm. obscure solutions or whatever yeah. yeah always try the simple solution first yeah i mean kind don't, of... don't dismiss it because it is the simple solution right try it. i think uh, go ahead go ahead i i think at some point i think it was kumi said like you know it is suspicious that looking at the math like on a clean run, you would push it just under 20% with LB3, is what I think he said, right? Yeah. And I think that should have been... Uh, yeah, we probably should have heated call. those words. Yeah. yeah. Base Kumi. Yeah. I think, like, the, the big thing is, like, when you're doing this stuff, uh, the goal is to always have one clean run. Be like, okay, all the mechanics were executed to what we know properly. No one died to anything stupid. We got on the DPS that we needed. And if you hit that wall at that point, then you're like, okay, now I need to start figuring out something else. Uh, but it was a pretty tight check, I guess, right? And so it, that's kind of where a lot of the question marks came up. Was, yeah, we're like, surely they wouldn't put such a tight it check. Was, it was it a requires tight you to check. LB3, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we thought it was even tighter than it ended up being as well because we didn't quite realize it was a threshold, right? We thought we had to kill him. Right. So it, that, it's even, it's nearly impossible even now to do that. Like, it's theoretically yeah. possible, I would guess. But mm -hmm. yeah, so it, even looking at like, even with the fact that it's a 20% threshold, you need to LB in either blue screen or the previous phase and hold your twos. And like, it, yeah, we were we talked a little bit about how it, it required such mechanical checks and consistency in the first three phases, and that's why we thought it might not be a DPS check and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, besides that, after you guys figured it out, you went into P5, and then everything turned gold. Uh, mm -hmm. what, were, <laughs> what were your guys' thoughts on uh, going into P5 for the first time? I, when we got so yes good. yes as soon as we saw delta i'm like this is literally just mechanical vomit which was i mean it that sounds gross but it was actually pretty fun and funny to uh, to solve um yeah. delta solving delta was a lot of a lot of fun in my opinion delta was a great mechanic to just analyze because of the sheer number of components in it that all kind of had to be solved in order and some of them tied together a little bit but if you're asking what were we thinking, you know, as soon as mm -hmm. we got to P5 and we were starting to solve Delta? Specifically, the answer to that question is 
please let this be the hardest mechanic to fight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely shit. it definitely felt like I, I know a lot of people like to talk about this every time there's an ultimate, but it definitely felt like the wormhole of the ultimate. And thinking back at it, it definitely, definitely is the mm -hmm. eight like depending on like what you get, you're doing eight different things. And it's there's a it's a long drawn out mechanic with a lot of execution checks. Mm -hmm. Very tough and fun mechanic. Yeah. It was also really funny, I think, how we while we were uh, kind of in the in the process of progging the mechanic, we were constantly kind of flipping between. Oh, okay, so green is really the hard part, and then the blues are literally free. Yeah. And then we, you know, halfway through that, we were like, oh, actually, the greens are super easy. Baiting these hands is super easy. It's the blues that are the hard part of this. And we just kind of kept flipping back and forth between what's actually the hard part and what's actually the easy part. Turns out it's all pretty hard. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. if you evaluate everything, it's very fair to say that Delta is easily a contender for hardest mechanic in the game of any mm -hmm. any encounter nice mm. <sighs> looking forward to it um uh... <laughs> i do want to give a shout out though um <laughs> while we were solving delta we got some friends over at billy billy that we didn't know we had um because oh. during our stream we were being restreamed to billy billy for like 20k viewers oh these, wow which was we didn't even realize this was going on and uh we, we found out we were being restreamed and there was a restreamer uh, his name is Ku-sensei. He, he's like an educational uh, Billy Billy streamer for Final Fantasy. And he was basically just following our streams the entire time. And he basically, we watched him and he basically like gave us like on a silver platter, like an idea for a Delta strap for the Hello World portion. And we basically ran away with that. And that's how we like basically got through the end of Delta with few hitches, essentially. So that was really cool. Shout out to Ku-sensei. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And Billy Billy. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know Billy Billy had that much of a following in Final Fantasy fourteen. We didn't either. Yeah. Because um, every once in a while when the race happens, I'll get stream submissions with that. And uh, it doesn't really work well with multi-twitch, <laughs> which is kind of the tool that we use uh, to show multiple streams at the same time. Uh, so it's a little bit more difficult and unwieldy. Uh, but, I mean, there's like a handful of just like Billy Billy streamers out there. Um, and I... Is it even the? I, I don't know the legality and everything of playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, they have on... in China. They have their own servers that are a couple patches behind, mm -hmm. um, and then some of them will play in JP anyway, um, with like VPNs and stuff. So okay. They. Uh, Is that technically they... allowed? I, I mean, no I... idea. Yeah, but I mean, a couple of the teams, like in the race, um, were Chinese teams on JP mm -hmm. servers. Yeah, like no CCHH. Yep. Oh my man. It's definitely allowed from the game's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. It's it's very interesting. But like to... we we've talked with them a little bit. Like we had an interview, uh, a translated interview mm -hmm. with uh, with Kusensei after. And uh, they, they, a lot of the Chinese community was talking about how like the world race is really neat because they're behind in patches and stuff. Like them watching us gives them the opportunity to to experience the prog like we do in a mm -hmm. way that they can't, they don't, they don't get to do themselves. So it was really, right. a, it was a, it was a fantastic experience for us to find out that this community existed and then have let them help us 
pretty drastically as well in the race itself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty awesome. And like, this is kind of where the world race is going, right? We're going to have a lot of these Billy Billy streams, I think, going forward. Um, we're, I'm going to have to figure out how all that stuff works. It's, man, hosting this stuff, especially when we get into like the giveaways or we're doing all this other stuff, uh, you're dealing with so many countries, <laughs> so many mm-hmm. things. You got to figure out if you are going to do something, how do you transition those across the world? Uh, and, uh, luckily we could do that stuff kind of with Corsair, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of exciting to see where, where it's going. Um, Mm. but that being said, that being said, uh, going back kind of to phase five, uh, again, I think one of the big standout things with that, of course, was the buffs coming up. Um, how did you guys feel about seeing those buffs? The uh, the dynamos buffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we 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 saw them, and it didn't. It actually didn't take us very long to figure out exactly what we needed to do with them. We mm-hmm. um saw that they gave us like six apiece for the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, then we figured there were like four instances of uh times that they're giving us that mechanic uh, that mechanic like six stacks. Mm-hmm. Six times four is twenty-four. Divide that amount of eight people. That's three stacks per person, and we rolled with that. Um, yeah, even even after the first trio, it's pretty apparent that it's going to be that number because it's the lowest number of like common. You know, or six and four or six yeah. and eight. Their multiples meet up. Was, we even had a we, we had a poll where I think one of our members got three stacks of the buff, and then they attempted to get one more, and they just didn't it was get. You. It was you? Yeah, it was me. It was me. Yeah, I I had three stacks, and I got hit by another like jump up hello world and i didn't get another stack and i was like okay well we know for sure now mm-hmm. we love dynamis yeah specifically <laughs> we didn't quite know that for certain until very far into the phase because we thought there were going to be i think three major trios but the second mm-hmm. one gives you two sets of hello here far so like our approach to it before we realized that there is actually going to be enough to get all players three stacks was we just do the mechanic in a way that prevents everybody from exploding until it becomes a problem mm-hmm. which is the best way to approach puzzle mechanics but like yes this for sure it's just until it actually walls you just keep going and so so you can gather as much information as possible and then yeah, it turns out we figured it out before we even hit the wall so yeah for any of us that remember our asphodelus prog we do not solve things until the game makes us do it. No more wind tethers. <laughs> no more wind tether. Wind tether. I'm dead. Oh. I mean, it, this was also something that was kind of, it was just so quick. It was hard to catch until you start, you know, getting really hard into the analysts of it, right? Because uh, you see that little pop and then everyone just explodes and dies, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember the first time that we saw it. Was that with Outer Nuts? With it- yeah, because they they did that like at like three in the morning while we were asleep one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the visual and uh, numerical garbling of what exactly was happening with it was a problem for a while, because mm-hmm. the initial debuffs explode in such a big spread that if they hit anybody else, everybody just everything's on fire. There's explosions. Everybody then has magic bones. So you can't get any meaningful data from how much damage they took. So it wasn't until people were able to start spreading out everybody enough such that nothing was overlapping were mm-hmm. we able to see, oh, it actually like bounces 
uh, more than once to subsequent players. Mm -hmm. And then with our uh, with a lot of help from our friends over at Billy Billy, we were able to put together a strategy that actually resolved that. That's crazy. Now, would you would you think that it's uh, would you consider them like your twenty thousandth man? Yeah, man. <laughs> in this this situation because uh, that is pretty interesting uh have that many people over there just kind of thinking about this stuff uh but at the same time i mean they're on the the teams over on billy billy are trying to figure it all out too it is interesting uh i guess they were just kind of following you guys because you're overall you're ahead of all the teams streaming right even the billy billy ones although those were pretty close uh in the uh... final positions do you mean yeah uh, so the rank four team on FLOG, Steel Fire, is common player. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, they were behind us for most of the time, and then they killed it overnight when um, uh, the P6 information was known. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, other than that, everyone's streaming was behind us. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, and this is the thing, too, uh, we had a whole bunch... And that's why I was kind of getting as confused, too, because I didn't know if the Billy Billy service was like a Japanese service or a Chinese service. But now, for sure, I know. Uh, but part of this, you know, uh, we had some of those teams sign up, but they weren't like agreeing to uh, <laughs> the the streaming portion of it. Uh, and like the, uh, you know, how we had the whole rules of keeping the streams clean and everything else like that. Uh, they were just putting their names in there, but without the, the, the restreaming part. And so I'm wondering, I kept looking back and I didn't see them signed up for it. And that's the only reason why. And that's why you guys, <laughs> you know. They also only streamed like phase five, phase six. after. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. And the majority there were, of Prague, There were two teams that we're aware of that were streaming the entirety of Prague. But yeah, they were almost always behind um, mm -hmm. at least us and Honor Nuts, if not a couple other teams. Right. All right. Uh, and so that's where it got really confusing. And that's why it took me a second because I had to go back and look and be like, all right, let me fine tooth comb this. Is there any chance a team that I didn't see uh, on the sign up sheet cleared and just for some reason it wasn't announced anywhere? Uh, but the thing is, if you're doing a world race uh, and you're going as fast as you can, when you clear like that, usually you make it known. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Whether it's on FF logs or wherever it's going to be, it's known somewhere, uh, and so that's why I felt pretty confident about it. But it, it did scare me a little bit because this is the first time we're doing this reward, and I don't want to mess it up. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going back through my forms just again because I have like a slight tinge of fear because they did change their name at the last moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys won no matter what. I mean, you guys won. <laughs> even even if I did it incorrectly, you guys won. I, I there's no coming back. Uh, let me see. Uh, it was common player. You said right? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's no sign up at all for any of that. So, um, <laughs> I don't want to fuck up. Man. Uh, so all right. So the other part of this is um, going through P five and it. The thing with streaming, by the way, it did, like, we did multiple days of everyone just looking and dying to P5 over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and that's when, like, the streaming side on our end, at least, became more of, like, all right, well, there's not, 
we can't talk about too much for a bit <laughs> because we can try to get in there, analyze a little bit more uh, a few times a day, uh, but it came a little bit more laid back overall. Our production had a lot of fun with it, trying to figure out interesting ways to uh, throw stuff onto the stream. But um, once P6 hit, uh, which I think P6 happened after we finished stream, right? When did P6 hit? That was... Uh, that sounds right, cause I'm pretty sure it hit Monday for us. At least on stream, yeah, yeah it hit Monday, yeah. Because it happened while I was at work, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and so P6 happened, and then, like, things got kind of exciting from there. We got to see the final form. I mean, once you guys got the P6, it was like, okay, this is the end. <laughs> There's no P7. God. There's no anything. God. It's pretty obvious, yeah. yeah. Even just from I the mean... timestamps of how long the fight is. We yeah. were still hoping for the sand room to show up at the end, but yeah. were we? <laughs> I, I was. I, I never had gave my up suspicions. Hope. Really? I, I never had my suspicion gave up hope. for one more phase. And that after you kill Alpha Omega, mm -hmm. there he is. It's Joel. <laughs> fish, just <laughs> a spinning hoping. fish. Yeah. I was spinning hoping, man. Joel inside the level checker. Unfortunate that they didn't add him, but you know, yeah. he's yeah. We For did sure. actually call the exa flare mechanic exa Joel's. Yeah, they have in comms. Yeah, they made a new mechanic. <laughs> what was the other thing that uh, you guys Christmas for tethers, right? Uh, we just called them green. Oh, you yeah, just called Christmas. Green? I think was otter nuts. Oh, was it otter nuts? Okay. Yeah, yeah. that dates back to to T. People would do like Christmas cruise, mm -hmm. the green red tether over to cruise chaser. That makes sense. Uh, but all right, P P six. How do you guys feel about that phase in general? It's so That's good. A lot cooler. It's a lot so cooler good. Than DSR, in my opinion, <laughs> I think my favorite part that they did with P six is that if you remember, uh, Dragon King Thorn from DSR, there are three mechanics in that whole phase, and then he loops. That's mm. it. Yeah. There, this fight, he definitely does mechanics more than one time, but he will do it like combined with other mechanics and at different times to make the whole phase more interesting so that when he repeats those mechanics it's not just oh it's this mechanic again i'm gonna do mm. the exact same thing right I, there's you know different things you have to do it's so definitely cool. it's definitely right. the most interesting uh i don't know if i call it the most interesting final phase that argue i mean t is alex what t was yeah he was good <laughs> that final yeah, phase, yeah. um but like and, and so before it was kind of like a 50-50 mix, right? Because both Ukob and uh, and DSR have really boring, repetitive final phases. No, Golden is so fun, man. It, it's, it's, a, it's a shakiest check, and that's it's, it. That, it's like, the it's, most it's, it's three phase. mechanics. It's three mechanics repeated. Yeah, like, it's, it's no different it's than DSR. It's you are so kidding fun. yourself if you say otherwise. <laughs> but so, so that's... That that's true from a mechanical standpoint, but it's also just like this the, the one consistent thing about all the final phases of the ultimates is that they're spectacles, right? Mm. They're all they're like mm. you it feels dramatic even if the mechanics are simple. And that's and where really... we, we call them shakies checks, right? Like you're yeah. anticipating the clear, it's all dramatic and epic and like you're just like you're sitting there shaking, like really nervous. What if I screw up this really basic mm. simple mechanic? Yeah, they really added on to the fucking uh, the, the, the spectacle part of the final phase with the LB stuff that they did. And I thought that was so, so cool. And you know what? I'm really glad they finally gave us a purpose to use ranged LB. Yes! I got to finally a reason. Fizz yeah, range relative of, mechanic. There was that period of time where uh, Titan or, P, or E4 Titan jails were ranged LB, but yeah, yeah. that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, DSR. Like, this is forced. Before before cast True. before four target cast LB was discovered, people were using ranged LB to hit four meteors in DSR. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. for
from what I personally would have wanted from a final phase, P6 was nearly perfect. Very, very nearly perfect. And to me, it is basically just a better version mm -hmm. of Golden Bahamut or Dragon King. No, no, no. Golden is the best. That's it okay, that's, buddy. That's just my opinion. It, I think it shows I... the evolution of their their creativity, I guess, mm -hmm. from the encounter designers to make sure that it's not just a boring looping phase. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd say I don't love about it was how obtuse Cosmodive was. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. That cost a lot of pulls to solve, and it was just kind of it's a little. I even pulls. We spent so much time out of pulls trying to piece together exactly how the targeting system worked for that, and, and you it, can literally see it in every single one of like the blind teams kind of progression chart where you can see the point where they hit Dragoon and then just wiped like five times in a row to it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was fun. And then it turned out it's just two closest and randoms and they're like, okay, I guess that's how it works. Mm -hmm. I will definitely add as well the the Bard LB Cosmo Arrow is like it, it hits that perfect sweet spot for me where mm -hmm. it's not like in terms of actually doing it, it's not a very hard mechanic. But it's still satisfying to do. It's not basic. It's not. It doesn't have a brain dead solution like DSR uh, DSR exit players, mm -hmm. and it's like, and it's and it's a spectacle. So it's like all three things you like. It's not too hard. It's fun to do, and it's cool to watch. Well, the, the best thing about Cosmo Arrow is that the first time it appears, you think it's like really easy. Yeah. And then, and then you watch it happen, and it's like, and oh then, god, and wave cannon. Yeah, and then, the, and then they combine it with wave cannon. You have to learn a different dodge. I think that's the best part about yeah, it. Yeah, that I, was. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I uh, Cosmo Arrow also spawned my favorite diagram of the tier. Oh, oh <laughs> no, 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 that's that's, that's oversampled. Wait, I thought it was the yeah, oversampled. I drew oversampled is way okay, better. This one is my favorite child. Okay, I I'm not listening <laughs> to you guys. I do think the most interesting thing about P6 from an encounter design perspective. It's something mm -hmm. that Square has been showing a lot of attention to. Every time they make a new ultimate, they future-proof it more than the last one. You know, you look at Yukob, you see the ludicrous amount of stuff you can skip in Yukob and Uwu. Mm -hmm. In T, they changed that a lot. Uh, you know, you can't kill before Gavel. It's not possible. The boss wipes you. Mm -hmm. And then in DSR, they changed it even more. You can't push bosses. Like, if you get P3 to 1 HP, he'll just keep you in mechanics until he's supposed to die. And now in uh in what is this fight called omega not <laughs> only does everything give like from ruin so you can't even cheese it p6 has the ultimate like will withstand the test of time cannot be outdated mechanic where if anyone dies at any point they will now die to every single instance of damage they take for the rest of the fight and their limit break buff is completely removed that's really really brutal from final final phase encounter design because uh, even Dragon King Thornton could quite easily take a DPS death on content if you were playing with good players. This phase, f you're forever doomed if anyone dies at like almost any point of the whole phase, which I think is a good thing. That's how it should be. I definitely think it's a healthier way to future proof that the cast locks in DSR is super cringe. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like they, they took the inspiration from Yukob and learned their very hard-earned learned lesson of Yukob mm -hmm. just being doable with everybody death do, dead doing 50% damage of what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. Yeah, I will say my one gripe with 
P6, and I talked about this with uh, someone else who was in the world race, is that um, if you are running double melee comp, you're putting three melee LBs into the boss. And the funny thing there about uh, yeah LB is that if you didn't know about this game, every every damage that you do to something is subject to a little bit of damage variance, and this applies to LB. The problem with LB is that it's a lot of damage, so that's a lot of variance. So you're going to get a lot of different mileage between pulls, where if you're low rolling every single melee LB versus if you're high rolling every single melee LB, that what damage is check is going to be vastly different. Um, it's it's 5% like up and 5% below. No, no, like for melee LB, it's like 400k to 480k or some shit? Yeah, it's like four, yeah. 470 something. 470, I want to say 478. 478 is the higher bound, and then it's like, uh, I, I don't remember exactly. Normal is 443. That's like 400. But that's like just 80k lose, like, 70k damage yeah, yeah so that's if a you, lot if you low roll all three melee lbs you are basically losing about half of the melee lb yeah that's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. actually kind of substantial and that's and to add on to that yeah, the, yeah there's also the forced caster and ranged lbs yeah, which also uh, hit exactly. the boss so that they're there too exactly mm. so i think that's the one thing i like i really like just sending all the lbs i think that's really cool I just think that the damage variance part is going to, like, displace some people. Yeah. Especially the people who are running double caster comps who need everybody. Yeah, yeah. rip them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that, stuff happens, man. You know, luck. You're, you're lucky or not lucky. That's game. That is true. You crit or you don't crit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Just crit five head. Yeah. Have any double casters killed yet? No. Uh, no. I, I, I want to bring up one more thing about the P6 as well. Mm -hmm. The damage output on the tanks is ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. it's actually silly how much damage the tanks are taking this phase. Mm. Like, Cosmo Dive does like, <laughs> I think it was like 300k, something like that, somewhere around there, to each tank. Then the next mechanic, they're taking the wave cannon up in front, which is 400k. Then you do wave cannon again, so they're taking 400k again. And then there's another Cosmo Dive, which is another 300k. It's it's stupid. We like with the comp we had, we had to bring the invulns in in order to be, in order to do it comfortably. It's like it's 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 just it, it shocked me how much damage we take we were taking in that phase. Yeah, some of the damage that we were taking in that phase, even just as a party overall, we were we were considering if tank LBs were like actually the intended solution until we hit magic number and we were like oh we have to tank lb that otherwise we just fall over so it was it, it's, mm -hmm. it's such a large amount of damage that the entire party is taking well yeah. uh, i'll st i'm starting to reconsider healing um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah i think about the time i think just, the as long as you go ahead go ahead Cal. the interesting thing about these busters is and somebody can correct me if i'm wrong but I can't think of any other tank busters in the game where you, the tanks are taking so much damage that they need party mitt to live the busters in addition to their personal CDs. Yep. That's how it's designed, though. Yeah, Yeah. For, fortunately, the party's taking damage, too, so I mean, it's yeah. like you're going to put out the party mitt anyway, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring up DSR. DSR, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you don't do 611. Yeah, yeah that's true, I guess, with Awkward's Edge. Well, so... I mean, this, this is also is like a response to six one one and like the overabundance of single target mitts they keep handing out to classes for like for fun, right? <laughs> like between like white mage, asher, scholar, all the tanks like 
you can just pile on single target mid on someone and they can live through anything. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's if you have players that remember they have mitigation. Uh, <laughs> hopefully in yeah, ultimate they do, right? That'll be a bit of a prerequisite. This is also, by the way, all that damage is after P5 where there's a buster in between each trio and each of those busters is like a soul tether from DSR, but like 350k each again. It's... <laughs> It kind of, it it took us by surprise because like we just didn't take very much damage for the first couple phases and then these ones just blasted us in the face. Yeah, like make no mistake, had Paladin not gotten the rework, I don't think it would be viable for this content. Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. Old old Paladin would not be able to clear this fight comfortably at all. I think. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's dead anyways. True. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I guess so. It sounds like, I mean, listening to you guys' thoughts throughout the fight overall, mostly you guys just really enjoyed doing this fight, and it sounded like a, a real fun time for you guys. Although it was very grueling in some regard, but uh, it sounds like overall you enjoyed doing it. This is my favorite ult of the five. Okay. Yeah, I'm fight. I will say yeah. I, the, the Exus players in P6 are cringe. Caster speaking. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair. Um, Alright, so I mean we're done with this now. We're done the fight you guys can rest, although it sounds like some of you aren't really resting. You're going out and you're still trying to get in to some groups. Uh or messing around and <laughs> still going some way or another. Um now that you guys are done with this, I guess uh, a good question is you guys are definitely doing the next Savage that's coming up and being part of that world race, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. That's in the plans. It's going to feel weird, though, right? Going from yeah. an ultimate <laughs> to Savage. I mean, we've does. done that before. Yeah. Ultimate's a marathon before. and Savage is a sprint. That's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Savage means, guys, right? Speeds? That's right. Applejacks. Oh, <laughs> my God. I have Rude. no clue what yeah. that means. Don't worry about it. It's an inside <laughs> joke. Not a good one. Uh, okay. But yeah, we've, really we've, we've, been, we've been through the transition from, like I mean, like Savage to Ultimate and Ultimate to Savage Prague. I mean, we've, we we know what it's like. We've had time to reflect on what it's like. But I really do think, that especially this time around, that Ultimate Prague really is something else. It's a whole different beast, and it is so, so much fun. And I really am going to miss mm -hmm. Ultimate Prague for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, considering, like, the future of racing and everything else, I mean, we, we did have some stuff that went on, and, I mean, it's... <sighs> this kind of stuff was going to happen eventually at some point. Uh, but I don't know. Do you guys want to put any thoughts into uh, all the controversy over the week or just leave it be? The yeah. memes are funny. The memes are funny. We're definitely the best part. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, it's better that this happens sooner than later. Because mm -hmm. if this pushes the competitive rating community to being, I guess, more open and more streamlined, and mm -hmm. maybe one day down the road we can even get some official, uh, official support from Square, like mm -hmm. it benefits everybody for that to happen as fast as possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. Though, I mean, the the magnitude of the situation is definitely a bit out of control. I think most people would would say. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, and I, I have to say 100%, you know, those were amazing players and everything else. And I'm really, uh, you know, it is a level of being disturbed with how crazy it got. And I feel like it went 100% out of hand. 
because uh, yeah, no, that sucks. Uh, that kind of stuff. We don't want that kind of stuff happening in the game overall. The overall community is like, yeah, we we'd rather have everybody on the same level. Everybody not having to do kind of kind of in the dark things or things that aren't really that you can't be open about uh, to be a part of the race and be competitive with everything else. Um, but it, it's they aren't like pressing a key that gives them an auto kill, right? It's not really on that same level. And I think a lot of people uh, treated them like they were just these horrible, like devil worshiping evil people trying to summon like, uh, I don't know, something really horrible <laughs> to like be just really, really bad. And they just, uh, I, I think it went kind of overboard and I feel uh, pretty miserable about how that went. Um, and it was something that w I think the world race does need to change and get into a not do kind of the in the dark thing but it sucks because the rating community overall is in this this spot where all the competitive stuff has always been kind of offline in some way and you just can't see any of that stuff and you there, there's no way to keep up with it <laughs> there's just no way and so people are in so many different camps about it too uh, we know the official stance for Square Enix is 100% no. No, no, no anything at all. Uh, but I don't think you will ever be able to convince the raid community to believe that's exactly how it should be either. Because so much of the raid community depends on something that tells you what your damage is and gives you a log <laughs> of data, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not like you're cheating or getting like, I mean, it's beneficial but it's like a core part of the rating community now. Uh, and if you get rid of that, then you get rid of a lot of the rating community probably, I would think. What has happened is Square has tried to take this stance where they have said everything is banned. And essentially the, the higher you know, level rating community has said, we don't respect that mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's just not conducive to a good gameplay experience um, with the amount of information the game offers. You know, maybe if there was a much more detailed death recap feature in the game or something, you really wouldn't even need to log. Mm -hmm. um, but just with the way the game works, it's accepted that players use ACT to upload the logs. And mainly for Prog, you're looking at. Uh, analyzing incoming damage how much damage did something do to me with like whatever amount of mitigation and trying to do that math without access to the ff logs data it would just be a miserable experience mm -hmm. at the end of the day so yeah. that's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon i don't think yeah uh i i think it's impossible for it to i mean and there's a, there are other mmos out there that officially support just official logs Right and APIs and stuff that helps with the stuff and doesn't make it feel so sketchy and dirty and everything, uh, and it there, it makes the game so much better, and that would cut out if there was like an official log like that and some level of like a way to handle. I know they already said never gonna exist ever. DPS meters just won't exist in the game at all. But if there was some level of transferring that urge to wanting to see DPS. To something related at all in the game you'd probably cut out everything and we could probably easily have all the raiders agree yeah nothing at all we we have what we need in the game always going to be outliers always going to be people who want to mod and have big butts and things like that 
But <laughs> this is, you know, when we're talking about core rating in the game, <laughs> you call out, come on. We talk about. Wait, what? Wait, wait. Pants on under clear. Oh, wait. Wait. Put some pants hey, on. <laughs> but. I don't use those odds. I do not. Good, 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 good. But that being said, I think just knocking those two things out, we just get rid of all of it. Right? I. I, I I, not not a hun- sorry, not a hundred percent all of it, but would basically do most of the work that uh, Square Enix is looking to have done. But go ahead, sorry. I think in in the current climate, I definitely agree with you. But looking back, like through the last couple tiers and like into Stormblood, even back that far, like the way that the raids in this fight are designed, you get you people were getting an advantage from hiding their prog and being like, "We solved this puzzle first. No one can steal our solution." Mm-hmm. And then your prog is now hidden, so who's to stop you from using things that you would want to keep hidden anyway? Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's kind of how we got to this point, basically, is that people then had this hidden arms race going on. Um, but now, in this current climate, I definitely agree with you. Where like people, In general, the community and uh, a large part of the high-end rating, uh, uh, the high-end raiders are like, we would like to be open about this. We want to prog with streams with with streams on and prove that we're not using anything. So all that kind of all that good stuff. I will say that's kind of it. There is a part of the race where I mean, we all love watching streams. We we love watching streams. Like obviously, I make an event that features people streaming the prog. It's such a huge thing to do. But I have so much respect for the players that don't want to do that and they want to stay offline and they want to hide their strats because that's part of it. A lot of the high end players love coming up with their own strats and not being tainted by other stuff that's out there (laughs) that is like the core reason behind most of it but then yeah you're right there's other things like it's completely invisible and it just sucks and there's no way to really uh moderate anything like that Um, now with with how things are like just with with how the community exists at this current state in time if you are hiding your prog people are going to assume things about you that's just a fact And it sucks. It feels really bad because so many people are going to get like uh, shotgun blasted, or like it's like a shotgun went off and just hit a whole bunch of people around, you know, uh, the person that uh, was caught already. Because now you can't stream offline without being called a cheater. I mean, that was happening during the entire event. Yep. I, I like the point that you can't stream without being called that either. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's true too. Cheaters. So they're using I, game captures. Yeah, so you I, can't I would... actually see what they're using. Right. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> How dare you want to stream at 60 FPS? But like, also yeah. like, people just didn't know that Izu and Kali streamed publicly on YouTube for Prague, so they just assumed, you know, naturally that they were cheaters, right? As you do. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and that that was a whole big thing too. I don't think that, obviously, like you know, there should be like a certain level of like proof standard that that should be applicable to all groups. But I don't think like streaming is necessarily going to, to it's not it's not foolproof the problem not yeah. even showing your task manager is foolproof yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah as, as the youtube comment person pointed out that i predicted mm-hmm. you could just change the name of whatever process you want those are malleable like it's it's not it's, it's not hard so there is like this whole subset of people that no matter what they will say you're cheating you could be in a lan event where you have no access to anything, they'd be like, oh, well, did they have a USB? Did they disable the USBs? Did they put on their little thing on there when they were playing and put it in there? Like, there's so much 
that people will try to claim and just say things aren't legitimate. And there's just a whole set of group, and they're just going to say world race is cheating. Everyone who's there is cheating, cheating, cheating. And it sucks, and it feels miserable. But the only way to kind of move a little forward is to put as much of it in the light as possible. And that's all you can do. And deal with when these situations happen, just deal with it. And uh, it does when these things are dealt with, they don't all have to be public, but we're going to do our best. Like on my end, you know what the, the worst thing about all this that was? Is that somebody, these, there's people out there that think I'm like a GM or something, or they think like I'm like some sort of like authority in some way. And they're like, why isn't Frosty doing stuff? I'm like, I manage a spreadsheet, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, have what the are power. You to do? I think that's why some support from square on this would go a long way to assuage i guess people's fears for that sort of thing and then you know if you've got official support on this end then the guy who comments on my youtube video of my clear complaining about the fact that it's bgm only saying that i might be using triggers that's no longer a valid concern that's just somebody being stupid that nobody really cares about that opinion right um but I think what we've been shown here not just in the events of the top world race but over the past several years is that probably both sides need to compromise on this issue square Mm -hmm. needs to realize that their current stance on third-party tools isn't a viable or respected one and the community probably needs to admit that it's having a lot of issues holding itself accountable and self-moderating what is okay to use and what isn't and Mm -hmm. i kind of think both square and the community need to meet somewhere in the middle on this and try to work together towards a better solution yeah I think, like, you know, there is going to be a lot of movement into the right direction after this, right? This has felt miserable. Like, a lot of the, the World Race stuff with that, like, has hit me pretty hard. And I think a lot of groups are like, man, I, I don't want to get caught with this stuff and get burned. Like, we just saw another legitimately good group get burned as hard as they did. Um, and they're going to probably be way more careful and be like, is it even worth it? Like being able to zoom out a little bit and get a little bit more information, being able to do a couple different things, is it even worth it? Because it's not going to 100% push you past the clear, most likely. Uh, and if you get caught, the community will burn you out of stake. Uh, and that is the scariest thing that's out there. But it is going to push a lot of these teams to just 100%. All right, yeah, not even going to consider it, not even going to think about it. And kind of move away from it and if they're streaming if or if there's some sort of stream of their progress then all the the wonderful people who want to just watch every single second and try to piece together you know stuff will find if they have like inconsistencies they say the wrong thing or they figure something out a little bit too quickly that doesn't make sense they're going to try to put that together too right and so it just adds one extra thing that will allow you to trip up if you are doing something malicious, but you never are going to have one hundred percent foolproof. Oh yeah, I've convinced the community this team is not doing anything malicious behind the scenes. Um, but we just try our best and execute when we move forward. And I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> it, it's been a rough week uh, in that regards. There, there will always be bad actors, but I really hope the community starts moving in a good direction after this. Yeah, I think it will. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about what the next race is going to look like. Because I do know a lot of the teams that don't stream, they don't, they, it's not because they want to hide like tools or anything else. It's because they want to hide their strats for one. And the other one is that they don't like being in front of thousands of people. 
They just I don't. I think both those reasons are super valid, too. Yeah, like, I think that's fine to be competitive about your strats. And it's also fine not to want to be watched by thousands of people calling you a cheater, right? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, I think for the vast majority of us, the, the primary reason why we stream is is for the publicity, for the clout. Clout. Um, we, we love to kind of get up in front, and especially with the fact that we are... Um, often in terms of the streamer groups, we're, we're often the front runners now. Um, it is incredible to kind of be the, the people who are able to kind of show that first, show that off first to the community. Mm -hmm. And the amount of support, especially with this World Race, this World Race was such an incredible experience because of the sheer like quantity of support that we got both like domestically and around the world. Um, so I, I really couldn't ask for a better World Prog experience and a lot of that was because we streamed. Yeah. I the, literally this is the world race. It is so insane. Like some some, you know, I think wow, and I could be wrong, but it always seems EU NA. But this feels like we're hitting every single region. Like Japan, uh Oceanic, uh China, uh EU NA, all kinds of groups just everywhere uh out there and a lot of them are pretty competitive <laughs> groups that have a possibility the wonderful thing about final fantasy world races is that you just need eight good players you don't need like a team of 20 masterful players and 20 or 30 other people behind them supporting them uh although some some groups still are like that in some way but uh it, it's so much more accessible uh and i think that it's really cool to see how there's so many groups just regionally everywhere uh taking a part of it and uh i don't know it's it's a sour note for me uh but it is there are good things that could come from this in the future races i do think the next race is going to be much more public uh and i don't know what the solution is for the teams that just don't want to stream at all uh i i'd feel miserable if they're just excluded from the race uh just because they don't really they can't stream they don't feel comfortable doing it and they're never going to be taken seriously um you know, there's always the talk of, like, having authority <laughs> authority of someone, like, actually watching their stream and certifying it uh, with the community. But that feels like a huge liability, <laughs> too. So, I don't know. Any proof standards would probably need to be driven from SC themselves because they're yeah. the only ones that have access to, like, the mechanisms to, to yeah. actually, you know, give us the best picture possible yeah the community would never be able to come to a consensus yeah. as well on top yeah. of that no, that's we, just we the bottom really line we need an authority to give it a hard line basically which yeah. they technically have but yeah yeah it's a problem only square can solve we can't yeah. do anything about it that's yeah. the reality yeah and i do know yoshida does like the fact that the world race exists right that he likes that it's there he's he said he was honored that Final Fantasy XIV has a community with the World Race going forward. Um, but uh, I it, I don't know exactly what they could do. Uh, I'd love to help them any way that I can, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, there is tools. You know, they, they have the tools, the certified stuff. They have the tools to do this stuff. Um, there is a lot of client-side stuff that they don't have control over. Uh, which they have to figure out is that something that they can do. I know there's legalities to it in Japan for sure about putting client side stuff on there, but uh, we'll do see. They, uh, they they watch these shows sometimes, right? 
Uh, yeah. They'll read the translation sometimes, yeah. Please make healer fun. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Please! <laughs> Dude, healing, by the way, party finder healing is literally the most fun I've had in this game ever. It's pretty good, yeah. I'm going to tell you for sure. <laughs> so, uh, it may be, it's different when you're in a static group, but when you're in a party finder and you literally have to just adjust on the spot constantly... <laughs> to what's going on because nothing's consistent around you have different players every single time uh and healers will randomly change up the way they're healing and you have to figure out how to fill certain gaps it's a lot of fun back in yeah. creator i used to pf on a healer and i would agree with you but now that most of what i do is healing you could not pay me to like <laughs> heal outside of static stuff <laughs> i don't know man like i i've been enjoying it going through this tier with uh healer uh, playing Sage. Uh, Sage is literally one of the most fun jobs, I think, in the game. Um, to me. But not to you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think out of the healers, it's the most fun. So, fair. Know, I'll, give, I'll give you that. Fair, fair. Uh, it does feel kind of painful. Uh, my um, my uh, attack key... Uh, what, I can't even remember the name of the attack for Sage. Oh, my blank yeah uh that's shift one for me so i'm just what? sitting on shift uh, and holding one the entire time you are an what are animal you doing? <laughs> <laughs> i just run around hitting shift one the entire time until i need to heal i think i need uh, to change it up yeah my fingers hurt moving the shift it's insane because uh, i put all my all my heals are the priority of just one two three four five like i i get all that on healing but literally healing is doing diosis a lot. It's just like, it hurts after a while. Your damage buttons are more important, actually, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah did you forget what game you were playing? Just the DPS. Maybe not in PF. Maybe yeah. not in PF. You're right. PF, yeah, Party I finder. Guess, but yeah. by that definition, Swift Cash should be on one. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm very quick with my shift Swift Cash because I've read so much. Uh, and I do, uh, I do a hard cast shield on everybody constantly. Uh, uh, so I treat every single PF that I go into is that I'm going to solo heal it. Because I, that's what you have to do. Yeah, fun yeah fact, so does Karen. Yeah, I get that practice in P4. Oh, <laughs> <when> <laughs> yeah. Need I bring up the graph, Mr. Chan? Oh, uh, you know, double misery. Uh, that all being said, you know we're we're probably we're a little bit over two hours here, uh, and so we're probably getting towards the the side of wrapping up some things. Um, is there anything? There, there's a couple of things I have questions in general for you guys, but um, one of them is just in general with this this fight. Is there anything else that we didn't go over with that you guys felt like we missed that you want to make sure we hit on before uh, we get off the show? Mm, I think one thing that um, I personally enjoyed about thinking about in this encounter and that a lot of other teams did, whether they liked it or not, was thinking about composition switches. Mm. Not everyone's going to like that, but I like thinking about that additional aspect outside of the poll of thinking, what is the best possible jobs that we could bring into this encounter to make it go as smoothly as possible? I think that is something that i'll always appreciate and i think that's something that's cool i uh, that 
this ultimate. So I'm going to let you know 100% I agree with you, and not everybody will. They think, hey, I like Paladin. I should be able to play Paladin everywhere, and I should never feel any discrimination of not being able to play Paladin somewhere. Uh, but I am when we get to the higher level stuff, Final Fantasy expanding its jobs overall and having so many different options, the game is going to be a lot more fun if we don't homogenize everything and we just let some things be a little bit more overpowered in different situations and just Great. let that happen. Because Final go. Fantasy is about rotating jobs out too in general when we go back to the older games and everything else and having 20, 30 different jobs, right? And then using the right ones in the right situations. And this is the MMO that will perfectly allow you to do it because that one character can be these different jobs. Uh, it could suck to level them all up, uh, but it's really not that hard, and I think it makes it a much more enjoyable experience to do that kind of uh, puzzle fitting. Uh, but that's just my thoughts. <laughs> that, that I said, think it sucks when you can't do content on a job, mm -hmm. which is very rare, almost never. But some jobs being objectively better than others shouldn't be like a problem because that's just going to happen yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I will add as well that like yeah we had com we had composition switches and we're not the only team that did that but this ev even this content the hardest bit of content you can clear with any composition I'm very confident of that fact we just mm -hmm. happened to do it because we wanted what was best for us in this race specifically but if mm -hmm. your if your group if your midcore casual group wants to come in here you can do it whatever you're comfortable on and mm -hmm. it will work yeah I mean I think 100% all these fights should be. Uh, Again, I'm the memer who did uh, uh, creator on Paladin, but I think every single, all content will be clearable by whatever job composition you want to put in. Well, with some limitations, you can't go in with eight black mages, but, uh, you know. If yeah. only. Yet. Yeah. With any logical <laughs> composition, right? Any kind of reasonable composition, you should be able to do it um and not completely negate jobs like every job will have a place somewhere in some group i feel like that definitely should be for sure uh but there will always be a top eight you know a uh, top composition or top couple of compositions that would work best for a fight and i think that's actually interesting i know not everybody wants to, that because they want to be the holy paladin with shield and be able to conquer everything and feel strong in every single thing you do and never feel weak but uh in I will tell you, Paladin is probably one of the best tanks for this. I, I, in my personal opinion, I think mm -hmm. Dark Paladin is actually the best composition for this this fight. So there you go. Fair, fair. Yeah, I will say the balance we had for this was actually, quite frankly, incredible. I mean, just going through the roles, all the tanks would have been really great. I think the only mm -hmm. standout there is Dark Knight's just OP. Uh, four out of five of the melee, I think, are absolutely like neck and neck super equal that's really great you know black mage and summoner both outstanding machinist and dancer both great picks so there, there's a lot of not only viable but good choices for this fight even even red mage which i would consider a weaker pick for this fight like it still has the ability to hold gauge into into into, mm -hmm. into phases that your team is struggling with and like that and that's a really very really, very that's a very valuable thing in ultimate yeah so. Like, I personally even the did not. Weaker, they have their pluses. Yeah, I personally did not enjoy Red Mage for the first two phases, but there are strengths of Red Mage that cannot be overlooked that can make it valuable for um, a group for this fight. Um, and I think the main thing, actually, that I think uh, when we mentioned that this fight can be cleared with any comp, mm -hmm. the thing that should be kept in mind is that because of how the checks are in this fight, you will probably have to do some amount of planning about how 
you want to plan your like burst windows, how you want to save resources and stuff like that between phases so that you are, are meeting these checks. So I think that's another additional layer to mm-hmm. this fight that I think is, in my opinion, pretty cool. And I, I guess if anyone's curious why we swap jobs, despite the fact that we think it's clearable on anything, it, it's not a matter of necessity. It's like one of like fault tolerance. So like if you look through our pulls, there's multiple times where we go into P4 with like two DPS weaknesses and we and we still like make the check. And that's like black mage gunbreaker diff. Why like obviously it was yeah, it was the, the swaps to the swaps to gunbreaker and black mage specifically were let's make the P4 blue screen DPS check specifically as consistent as possible, even if there are depths. Yep. That is yeah. why we had the change. And it paid off. We did blue screen. We had one pull where myself and I think Sura died during monitors. So about 20 seconds before blue screen, and we still made it through blue screen. So we mm. did it with two DPS deaths. I think we had a pull where Perry and Easy died too. We still yeah. Had yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, well, yeah, that's, and that's that, that was, just... and the reason okay, we, did that, we, we did that specifically for the race. We're trying to get through that phase as consistently as possible, get to our prog point as much as possible. If you're your mid-court group, even your hardcore group, you don't need to do that when you're not racing. Like you, you can just play whatever is comfortable. You should good. never look at world prog compositions for your own group's composition. Yep. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the same thing. Every time I do a show like this, exact same sentiments. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, guys, do, we played what we played. You guys play what you want to play. And that's kind of how it, it goes. But... Uh, and then there's always the one, except for this one job, right? Uh, but <laughs> I think everyone, I think it's fine overall. Uh, the the getting to this other question here, uh, Kerf already mentioned his thing: make healers fun. The reason they're not fun is because you have to just hit one th- button for DPS, right? Uh, it's it's a multitude of different things. I, okay. I'd say like. My biggest gripe about healer is that with the lack of mechanical nuance they have at this point in time, mm-hmm. that the biggest difference you can make in your own DPS is to get a better group. <laughs> that's kind of like a big yeah. problem for I mean, me. My, is like a lack of main issue, progression. Well, okay, my second main, my main issue with healers is that there's only one, like this, besides Astro, DPS is really easy. But my second, like main reason for hating, hating healer is that like, the heals like don't really interact with each other. Like there's like no healing. There should be more of a healing rotation feel. Like how DPS have a DPS rotation. Like the only like the biggest interaction of heals is like Astro with you can upgrade horoscope with the GCD heal. That's like the biggest thing. Like they should be more complicated like healing interactions. I think that would, I think that would make it a lot better. You know, once upon a time, Kamachi. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I didn't play back then. So back were you born day. back then? I don't yeah, think no. I was born back then. I, I think he was still in the <laughs> second trimester during Yeah. Peelers used to have accuracy that they had to put on their gear. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, don't bring that back. Yeah, accuracy is not something I, I miss at all. Uh, I don't make, I miss accuracy, but D-Hit sucks. Hmm. Please, Mr. Bard, can you cast Reign of Death? So yeah. I can hit the boss. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the topic of do we yeah. miss anything yeah. big directly pertaining to the fight itself, there's one thing that I feel sure. is socially responsible for me to, to talk about during this. Um, I'm going to okay. get on my soapbox for a little bit here. But sure. top 
is an extremely difficult encounter and it's in part because of the full randomness nature of a lot of the buffs and debuffs and who needs to do what mm -hmm. in the past the community has turned to auto markers to solve a lot of the stuff like with titan jails and like with roth in p6 and bsr guys we need to find a better way to do that for pf strats mm -hmm. in top we cannot turn to auto markers to do every single dynamis jump it will backfire i promise square's gonna notice we don't want people getting head markers unchangeable in combat and that's kind of the road we're going to be looking at going down if all of the pf strats devolve into just use a third party tool to auto marker everything you know it's so hard so funny right everyone goes so hard against all these tools and everything until they get in and they start doing the content yeah exactly Bro. We've got to figure out a better way to make this make strats that are doable by PF without like please bring AM or the content is unclearable. Yeah. Just yeah. gotta do the old fashioned head marker macro method. Oh, yeah. What we did in DSR, it's mm -hmm. manual head markers, basically, is what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that, well, that should be what we're looking at. As but the, you can also do the the macro that does the for the ones with the numbers. It does it uh, automatically with the the lowest available number is. Yep. Yeah. If, if if anyone doesn't know about this, there is a there is you can make a macro that like puts the number one over your head. But if mm -hmm. someone already has one, it gives you two instead, mm -hmm. or three, and then four. So you can you can do that to have everyone hit the same button that has the same code. But it assigns one through four for you automatically. Like not that automatically. Was the, like, that was the original Titan Jail PF yeah. show. It is yeah. it's so good. And if we do that, PF, please, I would love it. Like make no mistake, the auto marker stuff that people use for Roth can literally be achieved with one click of a button on your hotbar without using third party tools. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is actually that easy to replicate mm -hmm. that functionality without using stuff that would be considered cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Oy such a such a messy situation man uh anyways because <laughs> i mean what we were talking about it too right everyone's like where where's the line supposed to be drawn and i mean it's I, you know it depends on what the perspective is do, do you like want to know your dps or do you not want to know your dps do you want to log or do you not want to log and then everything past that bad unless if you <laughs> never mind <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to avoid that. But yeah, no, it's it's sad, like, because there is, everyone's going to have a different opinion on it. Uh, and I think we as a community just needs to say, all right, well, what's what's the thing? Where where are we okay at? Uh, and I don't, I don't know, we're never going to be able to com convince everyone uh, that, like, this is okay, especially when Square Enix is saying it's not. So... It's just tough. Um, all right, guys. So that being said, let's talk about the things. Maybe if they're listening to Square is listening, what <laughs> what are the things that like if it was going to get translated and get read over by Yoshida or one of the developers in the morning? What are the things that you actually want them to to hear from you? Give us more ninety second skills. Okay. It's more interesting than the two minute meta. Yeah, two minute meta is garbage. Trios are better when the boss is targetable. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I mean, okay, to be fair, they, they did use the two-minute, like, meta very effectively in this fight, but... Mm -hmm. It must yeah. have been very hard for them. For, for the most... <laughs> like, 
Aside from top, the two minute cooldown thing is bad. But like in top, I think it's actually pretty good. But eh. Okay. Yoshi P, I, mean, I know I'm, you're. I'm just saying, you, you can keep the two minute meta. Just give me more like Salted Earth and Riddle of Wind, where it's okay, that's, like, yeah, sure, sure. make it fit. That's fair, yeah. Yoshi P, I know you're changing Dragoon and Astro. Please do not do anything super drastic to Black Mage. I will cry. What? You're just throwing Dragoon <laughs> into the. <laughs> 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 oh, Don't worry, Perry. Don't worry. The people who design your job actually like it. You're safe. You Let's, mean actually uh, play it. Yeah. They do play it, yeah. yeah. Fix the fucking ping animation lock bullshit, dude. Oh my okay, god. Okay, yes, please. Mm. I don't want to have- I don't want to clip my star address, driver, bro. Just address ping issues in general, please. Yeah, ping issues. Yeah, if you, if you want people to play your game with less to know of a reliance on third-party tools, you as a developer need to do something about the latency in ping issues your player base are experiencing. Like, that is the demand that is being presented by the community, and they are not willing to compromise. Because mm. if the community has had a taste of what playing this game is like without those problems, and they're not willing to go back now. Mm -hmm. I will actually quit the game if I have to deal with ping issues again. That's true. I mean, that, that's, again, we're going into the situation of, like, making the game more playable uh, and enjoyable for its players. Uh, it's not breaking core mechanics of how these fights are made or anything else. It's literally just getting rid of some of the uh, problems that are being caused by things that really shouldn't be there, I guess. Um, Alright. Anything else? Ends rights. Okay. That's fair. Anything else? <laughs> Your GCD should, uh, should execute on the next available frame. You shouldn't have to FPS lock. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. That can of worms is so niche, bro. Yeah, we, we, have, we have 30 hours to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. It's a tall ask. Please bring back Old Summoner. That shit was so much oh, more fun yeah. to play than oh, Summoner is right now. No my raid is old summoner before I get healers Bro, that are I fun, like dude. I like <laughs> having a fourth ranged fizz though. You know. Oh my god. There's something that I, I want to bring up uh for your comment, uh Nori too. Nari. Sorry, Nori. Nari. Uh is that this game does seem incredibly like progressive in that that's ter those terms, right? With trans rights and everything else. I mean you see it within the fights and like the stories and everything else too, right? Yeah, and the community is like hyper accepting, so yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's a very good place for me and my kind to be. I'm happy. I mean, it's amazing, and I, I love the stuff uh, like that in the games. And it's, it's when we get into like lore and story and everything else, Final Fantasy XIV knocks it out of the park with like everything, with just like political awareness, with like everything that they do with this game. Uh, and so, man, uh, I I can't stop being impressed by that. Uh, I think there is some stuff. Uh, never mind. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of conversations to go into with that. Um, I was going to bring up how Yoshida was upset with how Horchapot was changed back in Heaven's Ward. I don't know how many of you guys remember that. Who? Wait, what? Horchapot. I, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, they changed. Like in the English translation, uh, there is a lot more of like a romance kind of going on with the I think the Warrior of Light, uh, <laughs> and uh, they. They like changed how that was going, uh, and so I don't know, uh, like when they brought it over to the English translation because the Japanese translation wasn't like that. I could be wrong. Chat could correct me, uh, but it felt like they're trying to play safe or something with that. Uh, like they toned it down a good bit. 
Uh, and I think he got really upset with that. Um, anyways, that being said, we are kind of in the closing bits here. Uh, my my uh, wife and daughter's like, all right, come on, wrap it up. So, <laughs> well, is there anything else that you guys want to say before we go off the stream today? I think um, I think that chat would be very very upset with me if I didn't say red is defamation at least one time. <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay. Can you explain that for some of the people who might not really know? Yeah. So, um, what happened in P three was I we were talking about how to do P3, um, particularly Hello World. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is a mechanic that you kind of have to do over and over again in the same way over each different role multiple times. Um, and we, while we were kind of conceiving how we were going to go about doing that, I kind of, like, we, we had a discussion on, like, how we do callouts for it and how, since we need to do this four times, it'd probably be prudent to go ahead and just count it out and then remind people of, like, one side or another. So I was like, okay, I'll just call, you know, which tower we're on and then, um, you know, call which color defamation is. And mm -hmm. we just kind of formulated this this sort of callout system that I then just sort of memorized and put together, honestly, partially for my own benefit because it helped mm -hmm. me keep track of exactly what every single step needs to to ha that needs to happen within that and um partially for my group's benefits so that we could you know we could all do the same thing and i don't know why but that seemed to have caught on uh and spread like wildfire like there were um the awk emotes that were being used like mm -hmm. the awk dipped in chlorine versus awk dipped in tomato soup mm -hmm. uh, for red or blue is defamation and then there was um a, a remix video that used my call outs uh <laughs> that was posted on Billy Billy and I mean, they loved it and it, it just, it grew into this big old thing. And I just, I had no idea what to do with it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. A lot of, this is interesting. I think this is, this raid tier had more memes than any other raid tier ever for the world race. Very, very entertaining to be a part of um, yeah. both like with seeing the memes come in and kind of being the memes themselves. <laughs> being the memes. Yeah. Was, was really I think it really just made it such a such a unique experience. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Especially God, man. Don't uh, I don't even know why I made those emotes. Uh, the the pilk stuff got out of hand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of got out. It, it it was such just an off comment of just like, eh, that's kind of funny. And then literally it took over the entire event. Uh but I mean, I guess that was the the P five section where everyone just yeah. stayed around waiting for new information. That, that they was, needed something that to was do even before that. Like it started it was, before that. Yeah, but that was like day one day. Too. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that is what was there to work with when everyone was seeing the exact same content over and over again. So when it expanded, uh, it got expanded upon and kept moving uh, forward. Uh, again, by the way, guys, it's really not as bad as it sounds. I'm just. Have you tried I, it? I get, yeah, I get the concepts. Like, like in concept, it makes sense because like a, a root beer floats fun, a Coke yeah. floats fun, presumably a Pepsi floats also. It's fun. just a poor man's Pepsi float, is what it is, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> now that you've opened Pandora's box, have you considered oh, no, no, moving no, 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 on no, no. to <laughs> potentially a kickle? No, no. Oh no! Please, no. no. Sounds like a pickle. It, 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 pickle is one of the main ingredients, yes. <laughs> is it a pickle and Coke? This, 
No. This it's man, Kareth, has been flooding our static chat with just the worst food combos I've ever seen for the last several months. <laughs> but it's like, okay, so it's like a textural thing, right? Not in a good way. So it's like <laughs> a pickle, but like you, you cut it in half, you open it, you like embed Kit Kats into the pickle. And then you seal it, and then. You All right, guys. So we're gonna go to wrap up the show. <laughs> uh, I think I think we went way past, way too far. <laughs> understandable, understandable. Yeah, no, no way, no way. I've done my part. I don't need to adventure more into that territory. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, uh, is there anything that you guys want to say to everybody before uh, we get out? Like any kind of last words, shout outs to anyone. There's, I know a good handful of you guys are streaming. I'm going to put all, I'm going to try. Do me a favor. It would help me out tons if you guys get all your socials together and just send those to me in a DM and I'll put them at the bottom of the video uh, for the people who would like their socials out there. Uh, but it, it would be, uh, yeah, I have all your Twitches. Fortunately, I still have that command. Huh. There you go. They're in chat. Uh, but you know, any other socials, YouTube, uh, Twitters, things like that, just send it to me and I'll, I'll put it on the bottom of the video. So, uh, everyone will know where to find you guys. Uh, but with that being said, is there anything that you want to do like shout out wise or last words to the community or anything else before we wrap up? Shout out Twitch chat, shout out Billy, Billy chat, our two loves. Based. You know, I feel like I need to go interview your guy from Billy Billy. Yeah, Koo said to get him. <laughs> he's been he's in the chat. chat. He's been posting he's in the chat. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 a, le he's, he's a legend, man. <laughs> he's uh, joling. Hey, uh, yeah. I, however, what's the name? Koo Sensei? I, 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 I don't remember what he is on Twitch. It's uh, uh, Shoko Chinese. He's just there, like, yeah. Ah, yeah. And he jolled. Ah, and then he's jolled, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me go over here. Uh, I got to figure out how to do this. Click on the name. Not ban. Where's the one that I want? Whisper. <laughs> All right. Uh, is it letting me? How do I? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Get in touch with me. Uh, send me an email or something. Actually, now everyone's going to send me an email if I tell them to do that. Uh, <laughs> Message me on Twitter. Figure out some way to get in touch with me because I am very interested to learn about the uh, the community from China and everything because uh, it, it's expanding a lot. And I feel like that's something that we haven't explored on uh, this show at all. Uh, so let's let's get together <laughs> and figure something out. Um, but that being said, okay. Shout out to Billy Billy. Twitch chat. Anyone else? Shout out to... to... Shout out to... Uh eyes slash jenny for being our very very kind uh translator for the uh, whole billy billy um interaction she helps like parse a lot of like uh billy billy's comments and like uh talk to kunzaku sensei a lot and was really the bridge between us and the billy billy community so that was really cool so nice Nice. Shout out to literally everybody that is just perpetuating the red and blues defamation memes. Like I queued into a leveling <laughs> roulette yesterday and somebody typed it in chat. It's it just really put a smile on my face, man, to see that people are are, are keeping that in touch with, with yeah. the community. Yeah. Shout outs to uh, everyone who uh DM'd me random ideas because a lot of times there were stuff we'd already figured out or discarded, but sometimes <laughs> they were helpful. Uh sometimes they were helpful, so Keep doing mm -hmm. that in the future. Mm -hmm. 
Gotta give another shout out to all the people who made all the plethora of Joel emotes in our chats. Hmm. You made the world race so fucking hilarious. Dynamus, we appreciate you. <laughs> and, and in despair. Mida Bell for half of them. Yes, <laughs> Mida Bell. Mida Pacebin Bell. Mida Mida Tornadoes Bell. <laughs> Bro, I want to see some PS with the exajoles in them, okay? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's it. Make sure I don't miss anyone. Wait, shout out WolfmasterXV on Perry's VOD comments that said, these callouts for mitigation are gorgeous. I oh. am free on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, I'm free. Oh, I'm looking for a date. Okay. Oh, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I, I do want to personally thank you guys as well uh, for being such a blast to talk to you today. And, of course, during the world race, you guys were uh, definitely entertaining for everybody. Uh, we loved following your content. And, uh, you, again, it's 100% without you guys and the rest of the teams out there. Uh, there would be no world race event that we could put on and didn't do what we did with charity. Again, this is literally I'm blown away with how much we were able to raise, like $56,000. Uh, for children's hospitals and everything and that's not just because of the people who put on the event it's the people out there that are racing it's the people in ch chat that are donating and watching and keeping up with everything uh so you guys were a big part of that uh, i want to make sure you guys know that too uh that even if just rating you guys are helping charity so <laughs> thanks for that guys we exist for the Ooh. community's entertainments. The people static. The, the people, people static. The people static. <laughs> International now, too. Oh yeah. God. Yes, sir. Uh, and, you know, and also, of course, uh, thank you. I'll do my, you know, we say a lot of stuff about the game. We might have, every once in a while, we'll have, like, a, a little criticism about the game and everything. But I, I do have a huge appreciation for Square Enix and them putting out these fights and everything else. Because these are, like very unique very amazing fights that uh we can't really get anywhere else uh so shout out to all the developers who worked on this uh and gave us the ability to do uh these events and it'll give us something to be excited for um but yeah it's so good yeah, we, <laughs> only, we only criticize them because we care a lot we're very invested in the future of where this all goes yoshi p yeah. please lower crit variance please <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh gosh <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up, guys. Uh, and we can, I'll get this up on YouTube as soon as possible. I'll let you guys know as soon as we get out there, too. Uh, so you can watch all the wonderful YouTube comments that would follow that. <laughs> but uh, thank you, chat, for being here today. Thank you, everybody, uh, you know, that it, involved in the World Race community. Uh, it's been a, a crazy two weeks. Uh, we got lots of more stuff coming up in the future. I don't know what the next week's show is going to be on. Uh, but we will definitely, it might be more world race stuff. Holy crap. That is a lot of text. <laughs> I, I, I would like to retroactively apologize for getting chat to spam, um, uh, talk at one point. That's my bad. Oh, oh, oh did yeah. you, did they? It was my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah, you guys, you guys timed out bagel goose. Cause he joined in. Yeah. yeah. Did I? <laughs> Literally while that was so happening, funny. I was making a disclaimer. I was like, guys, we did not condone this. Okay. <laughs> Our chats are a separate entity. They're a mind of their own. They do. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. They can they can do what they need to. Uh, our, I have no clue what happened, by the way. So if we uh, <laughs> the Reddit information copy pasta. That way. Oh, okay, okay. Eagle goose. What do you Sorry. have to say for yourself? <laughs> no words. Yeah, hey, I got timed out for ten minutes. I got put in jail for spammy copy pastas. Oh, <laughs> I'm just man. an analyst, though. I'm. What else am I supposed to do all day? <laughs> what Cleese does, right? He just shit posts on Twitter and Twitch all day. Yeah, yeah true. Oh, uh, I bet it was. I bet it was Darian here. Uh, Darian, that did it to you. So, wow, come on, Darian. <laughs> I don't know. Actually. How can you do that to me? Uh, all right, guys. Uh, thank you everybody for watching. This has been great. Thank you again to you guys. Uh, been fantastic to talk to you guys. I'm excited for the future of the world race scene and how everything works out going forward. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, so normally I do, we say bye and we all wave and we say bye at the same time. You guys are still, you still need to wave even though people can't see you. Uh, but we'll all just exit saying bye at the same time, roll the credits and everything else. You guys ready? Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. Bye everybody. See you next bye, time. Bye. 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 bye.